text messages. 38-year-old Erin Mahfouz, who taught at Aylesbury College, sent a number of anonymous sexually explicit messages to the boy. The National College for Teaching and Leadership has recommended to the Secretary of State that she be struck off for life. Up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury today, protesting over the sacking of a union member. It coincides with the latest 24-hour national strike. More from Carol Abercrombie. The Fire Brigade's union says executive member Ricky Matthews was sacked by the Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes service for taking part in a previous strike. The local fire chief, Mark Jones, challenged the legality of the strike and warned staff they could be breaking the law if they took part. Firefighters across the country are on strike today over pension changes. Shireen Diwani is preparing to fly home after a court in South Africa cleared him of arranging the murder of his wife on their honeymoon. The prosecution claimed he paid to have Annie killed four years ago, but the judge said their evidence was riddled with contradictions. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have been greeted by angry protesters as they attended a basketball game in New York. A crowd outside the Barclays Centre was demanding justice following a number of high-profile deaths of black people involving police officers. In sport, a tough FA Cup third round draw for Watford. Number 13. 13, Chelsea. The winners in four of the last eight seasons. 40. Chelsea will be at home to Watford. Luton will be away to Cambridge or Mansfield if they win next week's replay against Bury. And Milton Keynes Dons could also be in round three after Chesterfield were charged by the FA with fielding an ineligible player in their second round win at Stadium MK on Saturday. The weather, a bright and frosty start with plenty of hazy sunshine but clouding over this afternoon, a maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Let's have it. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From Nine. The JVS Show. With your views, your stories and your consumer problems. From Twelve. Nick Coffer. I'll talk to Carolyn Philpott. She lost her dad to leukaemia and has now set up a business making bears out of loved ones' t-shirts so you can cuddle a memory. From Three. Roberto Peroni. With all the biggest stories, the latest travel and the business panel debate. From Seven. Mark Forrest. Join me to find out what's been going on across the whole country all day today on bbc three counties radio bears out of loved ones t-shirts you say zilch mr davalina mr bob davalina mr davalina mr bob davalina zilch china clipper calling alameda china clipper calling alameda zilch china clipper calling alameda self-defense china clipper calling alameda self-defense never mind the furthermore the police self-defense it is of my opinion that the people are intending it is of my opinion that the people are intending it is of my opinion that the people are intending it is of my opinion that the people are intending it is of my opinion that the people are it is of my opinion that it is of my people that the timid it is my opinion that the people are intending. It is my opinion that the people are intending. It is my opinion that the people are intending. It is my opinion that the people are intending. I got coffee down my clean trip. Listen, if she can play Adam Ricketts, I can play Zilch. Turns out there are no rules in local radio anymore. Got coffee down my clean trousers, man, and I'm so annoyed. 
Why, mate? Because I got coffee down my clean trousers. How did you get coffee down your trousers? Ah, it's a long story. I spilt it. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Boyley! Yeah. Betsy! Hello. And it's you, dear listener, it's you. You're the most important person in this equation. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly said it without laughing. Coming up on the show this morning, Streetwise Kids, Sexy Texts and Dapper Dealy. Is that like Dapper Laughs? Too much like Unfortunately, Dapper. yes. Yes, yes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's, um... I didn't know I'd have got coffee down my trousers. Mm. When, mm. Is, when is your... Oh, let's put my back up. When has your day got off to a worse start than this one? Oh, don't, because you know what'll happen. No, don't. We'll have had something t- tragic happen. I, these we'll be made trou- to be like fools. These trousers were clean on today, and I was really excited, because I thought, oh, I'm going to put clean trousers on, probably one or two weeks before I actually need to. And now they're filthy. I have to go back to the dirty ones tomorrow. OK, so you've just initiated a phone-in of really boring stories no, about people being hapless. Well, ah, well, here's, my t- here's the twist today. First of all, when has your morning, um, your day started off worse than this? It won't have. And secondly, I'm not giving out the phone number this morning. Oh, at all. No, not I t- the 08459. No, 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 we're not giving it out. Because um, they don't call in anyway. So I, I was thinking about this in bed last night when I was wide awake. Um, let's it's when the best plans are made, isn't it? Isn't it just? It's when, it's when I plan to murder people. Um, it, uh, so He doesn't know where we live, does he? No. Oh, good. So I have decided to save my life... And my humility, I'm not giving the phone number out anymore. And neither are you. We're not giving the phone number out anymore. They'll just have to, they'll just have to look it up. Uh, that means only people that are keen to call in will call in. Because so they'll have to look no, for it. No, Peter you know, Green. Exactly. It'll be people who've got us on speed dial. You haven't thought this through. No. I'm going to stick what with it. What if we give it out slower? OK. <laughs> Go anyway. I can do anything. I can talk 
who. Schools should be teaching children how to be streetwise. That's according to a new report from the University of Bedfordshire. Their research on behalf of victim support found that only 1.5 in 10 violent crimes against children are ever reported to the police, despite violence being the most common crime affecting children. Well, Dr Joan Bailey is a senior lecturer on youth and community studies at the University of Bedfordshire and also the director of the Safer Luton Partnership. Morning, Joan. Good morning. How do you think crime prevention should be taught in school? Um, At the Safer Luton Partnership, we've been working with young people both as victims and perpetrators for over 25 years. And we had a really um, long... um, program that we did with young people both in schools but in the community and with lots of voluntary sector youth organizations and it had several strands because victimization of young people is very complex and so what we do we do the basic things about um, how to report crimes um, and because many young people don't know how to report a crime that's one of the first issues um, what, the actual basic act of, of phoning up the police? Well, because there's that fear of what's going to happen, yeah. they carry sometimes a lot of baggage where um, many people who are um, uh, being victims um, often have um, been victimised in different areas, yeah. and some of that they, they think is acceptable, so they have to work out whether this is just a normal oh. phone call to the police, and when they're going to say, oh, don't be silly, you know, because this is just normal, or whether this is a really serious crime. So we used to have to explain to them that every time they're a victim, and what it is to be a victim, because many times they don't understand what it is to be a victim, yeah. because some of their um, behaviours of experience, they think are, are normal behaviours. And so then about what happens when you report. And then for young people, they've also had um, in other arenas, the experience of the criminal justice system, and that might have been as a perpetrator, or where they've reported something and then they've had a negative experience because they've been um, treated as if they're the perpetrator. So it's very complex. So you have to start kind of from the basics about what is a crime, what is it to be a victim, and what, you know, all these things are being victimised, and then the actual act of making the phone call. Yeah. And then there's also the fear of retribution. All right. Often they think if I call and they find out I called and I said this, that, and the other, there's this fear that somebody's going to come back and, you know, do something because they've done that. So that's why it's quite complex and you have to think about it. So there's the normality... And there's the making the phone call and the thinking about what the retribution will be. Are young people, uh, I feel like such an old fart saying this word, streetwise enough these days, Joan? I think lots of young people are streetwise. Um, um, there's lots of young people who are quite vulnerable and don't understand about victimisation, but a lot of them are streetwise. We did a personal safety street safe um, programme in the schools and in the community groups that went for about 10 years, I think. Yeah. And lots of young people could answer all the questions and they knew often what to do, but it was about actually taking the next step. Putting that into practice, it. yeah. Um, because clearly they do understand that these things are wrong and these things shouldn't happen to me. Um, and then there's the ones that think it's just normal behaviour. So if I give you an example of the normal behaviour, yeah. we in the last three or four years, we've done a lot of work with young people who are in intimate relationships. We call it teenage domestic abuse. Oh, oh yes, no, I've heard about this, yes. And they've been abused by their boyfriends, and, and sometimes it's not even recognised because they think, well, we're not married or we're not together, we don't live together, but actually it's still domestic abuse. But many of those young women that we've worked with in the last three years um, are in relationships where there's a cycle of violence, where they've been victims in the home before we become victims of by their boyfriends, but also 
a lot of things that happen to them, even down to being raped, they, they think it's acceptable in certain circumstances. And there's huge statistics that show that something like 43 to 53% of young women um, in very violent relationships think that it's, it's acceptable. Where, where have they learned that from, then? We, well, we've had a number of different pieces of research, but I think for them, there's this, there's this cycle of violence, but also they think in some, in some relationships certain things um, are acceptable, that it's okay to be hit. It's okay to be pushed around by their boyfriends. And that could be because they've seen that happen in relate, in where they've been a child in a house where they've seen their mother being be abused. Yeah. And they think that's normal. So when that happens to them, they think, oh, this is just normal behaviour. Um, but actually, they're, they're being victimised mm. by their boyfriends, and some of them quite horrific um, things. But they don't understand that they are a victim they should report. Joan, we, ha- we have to end it there because we're out of time. I could talk to you for ages because that's absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much indeed. We, we've spoken before about the, uh, the teenage uh, domestic abuse and um, how it's, uh, it's, it's a worrying trend. That was Dr Joan Bailey, um, Director of Safer Luton Partnership. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are some problems on the M25. It's closed in both directions between Junction 25 for Enfield and 27 for the M11. That's causing queues clockwise from Junction 24 for Potters Bar after an accident where a lorry crossed over into the central reservation. In Bricketwood on the A405 North Orbital Road, it's very heavy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. But looking elsewhere on the speed sensors, in Roxton on Great North Road, it's uh, moving well through those roadworks around the Black Cat roundabout looking at speed sensors. And there's no problems through the roadworks in Milton keen so far on the A421 standing way around the Kingston roundabout but expect delays there later on. On the train snow reports any major problems at the moment but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction <sighs> and St Albans Abbey. That's for <clears> ongoing <throat> engineering works until the end of the month. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha. It's 6.16, it's Tuesday the 9th of December, I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been uh, sacked after sending sexually explicit text messages to a student at Aylesbury College and Watford have been drawn away to Premier League leaders Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup. Hmm, sports boys. Three Counties Radio. Three County Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. Seals a famous victory here! What drama we've had! It's about the managers. I'll make the most of your openings, and we, we perhaps haven't done that, and, and haven't done it so far this season, if I'm honest. I'm honest. The players. We know we need to be better. We're not being complacent. We'll find a solution that will get us playing how we was last season, how the fans expect us to be playing. And the fans. I'm getting seriously concerned we could end up back where we started. Every day, we bring you latest news on your local team. Wickham Wanderers remain fifth in League Two after a nil-nil draw with Berry. Stevenage lost 3-2 at home against York. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. Baby, I feel good From the moment I
can do it right now, please. bit of a mod tip this morning not a raga tip a mod tip this morning so we're playing um songs primarily by artists you might consider to be from the mod movement like well the kinks and well like the who and who's coming up next surprises the surprises oh no you're supposed to tease them that's why they're still oh, around the small faces and the, then the jam yeah and maybe someone else if we forget probably just them if we've got nothing else to say now, um, oh, I nearly gave up the phone number there. We're not giving it out this morning. Uh, a teacher has lost her job at Aylesbury College after sending sexually explicit texts to a teenage student. The anonymous messages, including at least one picture of her behind, were eventually reported by the, another boy's mother and the college called in the police. The National College for Teaching and Leadership told the Secretary of State the teacher should be struck off for life. Catherine, you've got more details on this. Um, what do we know about this story? Well, this all happened last year when the teacher was 38 and the boy in question was 17. He started to receive these messages and it would appear he showed them to his friend rather than his parents. Of course one, he did, yeah. One of the other boys then told his mum what was going on, which is when the college was alerted. And Aylesbury College say that the report from the mum triggered its safeguarding procedures, which meant that they immediately brought in the police to investigate the matter. And the college say they worked alongside the police to make sure the boy and his family knew that they were his, their highest priority. They say it's all part of their commitment to providing a safe, welcoming and supportive learning environment where all students can thrive and succeed, which is something that they've been praised for by Ofsted. What's happened to this teacher now? Well, in short, she will not be teaching again. Um, the National College for Teaching and Leadership have recommended to the Secretary of State for Education that she be struck off for life. And the NCTL said that this teacher's conduct was far from what was expected who, uh, uh, from teachers who act as role models from pupils. And their panel didn't feel that she should be allowed to teach ever again. One thing is, I don't know how you take a picture of your, your own backside. Mirror. Okay. Uh, mirror. I would imagine. Mirror signal manoeuvre. Let me put this out there because there will be some gentlemen listening going, Quah. Quah, he was 17. He was 17. Do, does, um, and, and I don't think it does because it's all to do with, with, with power and authority, isn't it? Um, but, but does the fact that he was 17, and I'm kind of addressing this to you, dear listener, does the fact that he was 17 make it different from him being, say, 15? And if so, what is the difference? There kind of is a difference, actually, but it still falls under the category of um, uh, uh, of abuse of power, doesn't yeah. it, really? Yeah, and I think that if people think the, the whole for reaction, would they think that if we were talking about a 38-year-old man sending pictures to a 17-year-old girl? If, if I, when I was at the age of 17, if um, the teacher who I fancied had made moves on me and um, uh, given me Polaroids of her bottom... Four, you know, four. It would have been four. 
It re- I mean, I'm not saying that to be... I guess I'm being slightly flippant about this. I don't mean to be. Um, I'm trying to express it in a language that is understandable. Uh, then, I, you know, I would have thought, oh, blimey, this is, this is good. And I would have shown my mates as well. I wouldn't have gone to my mum and said uh, the, the hot teacher has given me, you know... The thing this. is that this kid did not know who was sending in the messages. They were anonymous. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that, well, that's weird. So there's no indication that there was anything going on. Right. Oh, that's weird, then. Up to that point. Yeah. Uh, if you know the phone number and you'd like to give us a call on this, you're more than welcome to. Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? But I think we're out of touch. I think that the, the, this generation of teenagers, are this is the way they communicate with each other. Nudie pictures. Nudie pictures. Do you want to, do you want to picture my bum? No, thanks. Do you want to take it now? Um, I've kind um, of seen it. Those jeans are real low riders. Well, they're going to... I've had one day's wear out of them. Two hours wear, they're going to go in the wash. One of our... It, it was quite common quite common. I can think of one example. Um, one of our teachers shacked up with a sixth former. I mean, really? she she moved in with him. Really? Yeah, yeah, she moved in with him. I can't, I mean, as someone who is around this woman's age, she's 38, I'm 37, I can't imagine having that much in common with a 17-year-old boy, unless it wasn't about what you've got in common. No! No! Sorry? They're children.
Oh, there was no drum at the end. No, and you did one, so you're going to no. have to do that all over again. Oh. Can we see if we've got any songs by a band called The Action, Kelly Betts? Yeah, how are you spelling action? Sorry? Well, it might, they might be cool, let's spell it with a K. They might have a silent H. What? The action? Yeah. You never They're not Jamaican. Do you just want the, the, the action? A- what song? Oh, we've got... F- I'll keep holding on. Yep. I'll keep holding on. Yep. I'll keep holding on. Yep. Never ever. Shadows and Reflections. Mm. Yeah, sure. I'll keep holding on, I guess, is a popular one. It seems that way. We'll go with that. All right. Nice one, Kels. Thanks. And that, my friend, is how radio is made. (laughs) Can you believe? We get asked to go and talk to uh, radio industry people about this stuff. I'll tell you what we do, guys. Calm down. Calm down. Bit of Trav. Bit of Oxley banter on the news. Mm -hmm. Back to us. Back to Kels. Hi. Back to you, Catherine. Excellent. Then me. Yep. And the papers. Sounds like a plan. Oh, Oh, wonderful yesterday. Do you know what I had cause to say in my car? L'anarchie. 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 French for the anarchy. No, it's not. I drove up to a traffic light. There was l'anarchie. At least I thought there was l'anarchie. Turns out they'd replaced the traffic lights with with a roundabout. Oh. Disappointing. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is closed in both directions between Junction 25 for Enfield and 27 for the M11. Clockwise queues are from Junction 24 for Potter's Bar at the moment after an accident. In Watford on Hampstead Road, the stop-go board's in place at Langley Way. That's not causing any delays at the moment, but could cause some problems while it's the busy rush hour period. In High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's also some temporary lights in place at Marlow Road. That's likely to get busy later on as well. And having a look at the trains, London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Holborn's Abbey, and that's until the end of December while planned engineering works take place there. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after sending sexually explicit text messages to a student at Aylesbury College, and up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury this morning, protesting over the sacking of a union member. It coincides with the latest 24-hour national strike. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have been drawn away to Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup, the fourth FA Cup meeting between the two sides since 2004, and a return to Stamford Bridge for Hornets manager Slavisa Jokanovic. Luton and Milton Keynes Dons could join Watford in the third round. More from Jeff Doyle. Watford will go to Jose Mourinho's Chelsea at the beginning of January. The Premier League leaders have been in superb form this season and only lost for the first time in the Premier League on Saturday. If Luton beat Berry in their replay next week, they'll face a trip to either Mansfield or Richard Money's Cambridge United. Meanwhile, MK Don's victors on Saturday, Chesterfield, have been charged by the FA with a breach of FA Cup rules after allegedly fielding an ineligible player, George Margretta, in their second round win at Stadium MK. The club has until five o'clock on Thursday to reply to the charge. So the Don- 
Lyons could take Chesterfield's place away to Scunthorpe or non-league Worcester. Elsewhere in the draw, AFC Wimbledon hosts Liverpool, Arsenal face Hull in a repeat of last season's final and Manchester United are away to Yeovil or Accrington. Meanwhile, Manchester United are up to third in the Premier League after two Robin Van Persie goals gave them a 2-1 victory at Southampton last night. Tonight in the Champions League, Liverpool must win at home to Basel to reach the knockout stages. Arsenal, who have already qualified, are away to Galatasaray. And in cricket, Australia are playing for the first time since the death of batsman Phil Hughes, with more tributes before play started against India in Adelaide. The BBC's Alison Mitchell was there. The montage on the big screen showing pictures of him celebrating 100, uh, some photographs from his younger days, and all voiced by Richie Benno, who is the iconic voice of mm. Australian cricket. Very fitting indeed. And Hughes' close friend David Warner has scored 145 as Australia reached 302 for three a short while ago. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at seven. Tuesday. Uh, I'll 
keep on holding on. We're all doing some Purple Hearts. No. Some uppers and some downers. No, we're not. Either way, blood flows. Holding on. I think Mod is due another revival. Kelly, you've got your uh, finger on the pulse of up-and-coming young bands. Would I be right in thinking that there's kind of another Mod revival bubbling under? Yeah, if you want. Thank you. Still off smoking. This is good. They should have gone for another drum at the end. They should have had a... Here we go. They should have had another drum at the end, is all I'm saying. Right to them. Catherine Boyle, what have you got in the papers? Elton John falling over. Hey! More delicious than someone who oh, clearly takes themselves quite seriously going A over T. Uh, one of my favourite clips in the world is when... I think Versace died. Is Versace dead? Yes. Not... The actual death, that would be inappropriate. Kelly? Mm? That was, yeah, that was a terrible shock for the fashion world. But Elton John gives, is, is being interviewed and he says, well, I'd just like to say that um, Versace was a great influence. And he does this long little spiel. And then he goes, he slips into the perfect French accent and says it all in French. How do you know? So. How do you know that he's actually saying it in French? Well, okay, Kelly, I'm afraid we've lost your microphone. I think it's No, is, is your microphone stopped? So, it's so still here. It's, your microphone is broken. I'm still... There, it's gone. So Elton John speaks French? Yeah. I thought you were going to say something funny about Elton John. I did just I say didn't... something funny about Elton John. <laughs> what, did he speak French? Kelly, back me up on this. What? Your microphone's gone. Savez pas qu'il parle français? The mail's on fine form today. The what? The male. Let's talk about Elton John again. Oh, I thought you you'd see finished. the bottom of his pristine trainers. Let's just enjoy this moment a second. Yeah. He was supposed to be a spectator to the action. He got one of those sort of director's chairs right courtside, so you could all eyes were on him. I'm Elton John. I demand to have a director's chair right one courtside. Of those so he had that, and he, David. It, 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 David. It happened out of nowhere. I don't know what he was doing. Whether he was reaching around for a drink. Or something. But anyway, all of a sudden... Elton John does not need to reach around. He snaps his fingers and uh, David does it for him. Well, this is what happens when he tries to do it himself. So he he just goes, bang! And the people playing, it was uh, Hingis and someone else. uh, And they they both laughed in his face. There is that moment when someone goes... The split second of, are you all right? Yeah. And then the laughter can commence. Can I interrupt now? You can go now, but the- I just look at his little trainers in the air, like Elmo. All right, mate. <laughs> all right. Come on, guys. Um, the bitch is back. Oh. Talking about you. She never went away, baby. Daily, the Daily Mail is on fine, uh, has got fine fettle, is, is in, is in. Oh, hang on, you interrupted it's me. It's in fine fettle. Thank you. This. The Daily Mail is in fine fettle today. Front page story. After sandwich firm that supplies M&S is forced forced to recruit staff in Hungary, now we're importing brickies on £1,000 a week. That sounds awful, doesn't it? That we are... um, That British bricklayers are not getting work because flipping Portuguese Um, uh, bricklayers are coming into this country. Does anyone remember our feeders, then, Pet? No. We done it. No. Most of it's outrageous. Then you read read the story. Go on. 
builders are hiring Portuguese bricklayers on £1,000 a week. Disgusting. Awful. Coming over here because not enough Britons can do the job. Oh, Thanks right. very much. Thanks, Portuguese. Obrigado. Yeah, obrigado. Obrigado. Me bien, tui. Oh. So the fact is, we need them. So, now we're importing brickies on £1,000 a week. Well, that's brilliant because we haven't got enough bricklayers in this country. And then... We go to page four of the mail. £7,000 per person, the true cost of welfare. Britain spends nearly four times more on providing health and welfare cover than Romania. Uh, good. They, the European Union officials found that the UK spent £7,000 on welfare for every man, woman and child in the country in 2012. That is... Dis- so, not only do we spend more on welfare than Romania, but also it's £7,000 each. And all these lazy scumbags on Job Seekers Allowance that can't be bothered to get off their fat backsides and put down their spliffs and turn off Jeremy Kyle on their widescreen televisions and go and get a job... Oh, hang on a second. It includes uh, the NHS, family subsidies and old age benefits and uh, pensions for workers. Oh, so when it says benefits, it's not just the lazy, the lazy ones, the people that, that uh, uh, as we know, are sponging off of food banks and going there because they're too, too lazy to get real jobs. It's for every benefit that we all use. So, a, a nonsense story. Comparing us to Romania, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're spending more than Romania is. This co- this figure covers benefits and pensions for older people, healthcare, family support, disability benefits, housing, unemployment support, and the worst of the worst, widows' benefits. Those widows. Widows' benefits. Hey, bad news if you're in a wheelchair. Hey, more bad news for those guys. More bad news. The fact they're in a wheelchair is bad enough news. Disability campaign. Although some of them do do all right. They love it. No, some of them do all right. Disability campaigners yesterday demanded new laws for wheelchair users after judges ruled that they have no legal priority to use reserved areas on a bus. So if I'm on there with my pushchair, I can refuse to move That's, well, that for was, a wheelchair. That was the court case, wasn't it? Yeah. That was the court case. It's an interesting one, that. As far as if I've got the details of this court case correctly, the mother didn't want to fold up her buggy because yep. the baby was asleep. Yep. So the fella in the wheelchair... Now, I've done the thing with the buggies. He, he couldn't get on the bus as a result. Yeah. I would have taken the kid out. I've done the thing with the buggy. I've done this thing where I've been waiting for a bus, right, with a buggy. You can only get two buggies on if they're going to be open, right? And then two mums kind of joined the queue. And then they got on before me. Oh. And the fella said, sorry, you can't get... I said, I, I was there before them. And the mums just ignored me. Rude cows. They were. I was so annoyed. Because I was a bloke, it was all right. No, it's not. No, it's not. But... Um, yeah, or if there's a wheelchair gets on, then you just fold... It, it, Look, okay, if, supposing, if you can get the child out of the buggy, even if they're asleep, Okay, supposing you've got a lot of shopping, and you've got two kids. Well, who wins then? Who, who, what, what, I guess what I'm trying I, to ask is... I, uh, couldn't, what, I would rather wait for another bus than make someone in a wheelchair what's, to sit there at a bus stop. What's better, um, a disabled person or a baby? What? Call me now, but I'm not giving you the phone number. We should send Justin out on that. What is better, disabled person or a baby? Who deserves to ride the bus? I, I prefer my question. I think it's more direct. OK, what was the question again? <laughs> What's better, a disabled person or a baby? Again? What's better, 
disabled person or a baby? Um, I can hear Justin doing that. If he was, if he was well, prepared how you, to... How would he phrase it, though? Like that. If he was prepared to do the question that I originally gave him upstairs, then he'll do this and he'll do it justice. OK, well, have a think about it because he's on in ten minutes. Right. What are you going to ask him? I'm going to ask him to go to the streets. We won't do the first story that I mentioned upstairs. It's probably inappropriate. You're right. But what's better, a disabled person or a baby? You take it to the streets, we get the answer. I think disabled people are better than babies. I do. In terms of bus travel. I mean, but there are different scenarios. Here we go. Supergrant 100. You can give us a call on that, but I'm not giving you the number. You'll have to Google it. Supergram 100. 100 who chased off a yob gang on her mobility scooter. Good. Do you know, there's nothing I like more than seeing a mobility scooter outside a pub. As a motorcycle courier, really? Yeah. That's the best thing in the world for you. That, to me, says... Good times. Up yours to the man. As a motorcycle courier in the Second World War, she kept calm and carried on as German bombs rained down in London. Is there any evidence of that? We've only got a word for it. So when confronted by Yobbs trying to knock her off her mobility scooter, Mary Smith was undaunted. Good. I'm not sure I buy any of this. I mean, she looks like a fantasist. Tell us a story anyway. The 100-year-old great-grandmother, who is deaf and partially sighted... Over here! Stop that. ...shouted at them to leave her alone before driving at the youths to make her escape. The gang of three or four boys... ...aged around ten... Oh, cheeky had approached Mrs Smith from a nearby illegal traveller camp as she was out with her Jack Russell Terrier, Zena. She said they grabbed my hands and there was a boy at the back hanging onto my headrest, but I swung round and knocked him off. Little sods. They started trying to look in my bag, but I told them to get off and I put both armrests down so they couldn't knock me off the scooter. I couldn't go until Rosie was back on. So I called her and she hopped Who's onto Rosie? the scooter. That's another dog. Oh, gosh. And then I just what went... What Zena? Full power and the boys went flying. Oh. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? I mean, I'm still not completely sure I buy this story, but Mrs Dogrell... Uh, uh, oh, oh, her daughter is 77 years old. Flipping heck. Her daughter, 77, said, Mum suffers quite badly with blindness and loss of hearing. Oh, dear. Still anyway, not... she, she taught them. Didn't she, eh? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, it's closed between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. It's causing queues from Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. And that's also causing problems on the A10 towards the M25. It's queuing from Turnford at the moment. Having a look at the A1M southbound on the speed sensors, it's very heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And having a look at the M1 as well, that's looking quite busy southbound just after Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road as well. In High Wycombe, checking the speed sensors, Marlow Road has roadworks in place at uh, Marlow Hill, sorry, has roadworks in place at Marlow Road. Stop causing any delays at the moment, and there's no reports of any problems so far on the trains. It's not news. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. I love Big Bong. Thank you, Samantha. um, I'm so sorry. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 9th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after sending sexually explicit text messages to a student at Aylesbury College, and Watford have been drawn away to Premier League leaders Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup. 
Let's get the weather. Here's Wendy. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a chilly start to the day. Still zero at Luton Airport at the moment. So frosty start. We do have some brightness, some sunshine once the sun is up, of course. And then it will be rapidly replaced by some clouds. So by lunchtime, I think all across the three counties, we will have quite grey conditions. It will trap in all the cold air from the morning. So feel quite raw throughout the afternoon with temperatures probably no higher than about six degrees in a spot like High Wycombe. Um, all the time, the wind is also increasing. It's at first from a southwesterly direction and eventually we'll also get some rain into the first part of the night. Now, weirdly, the temperature is going to go up towards midnight. We'll probably be hitting 10 or 11 degrees for a short time. And then once the cloud and the rain clears towards the east through the second part of the night through the early hours, the temperature will fall back again to four or five degrees by the time we start the day tomorrow. Now, we'll see some sunshine through tomorrow, but there will be a brisk breeze blowing in from a westerly direction, which may just carry one or two showers to our part part of the world and it wouldn't be completely out of the question to get a little bit of sleetiness in one or two of them over the Chilterns for example. Um, temperatures tomorrow will again be a little bit higher than through the week so far. We'll probably hit seven or eight degrees. Thursday's a very similar picture. Lots of lovely sunshine, risk of a shower, breeze blowing. It's Thursday night that's going to be interesting. Wet weather and extremely windy as well. We'll keep you posted through the week. As we launch the first ever BBC Music Awards. A night of incredible live performances. Including Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, Paloma Faith, Take That and many more. The BBC Music Awards. Watch it live Thursday night from 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Here's a, here's a great story. Tell me it. This has only got a paragraph. And you know sometimes you think someone's they've missed the bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. This is in the sun. I've made notes, you see. I'm, 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 uh... <clears throat> it's all about the research these days. More than... That's what I've learned from... Uh, it's what I've learned from Radio 4, just. Very clever. Pre- prep. Mm. Turns out prep is... Um, uh, it's not prep manger it's preparation. Yeah. Mm. you like this one, Just. Mm. More than £42,000 of government money, right, taxpayers' money... I've discussed it already. Yeah. Carry on. ...is being spent to tackle dogging... At a nature reserve. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. How much? £42,000 is being spent to tackle dogging at a nature reserve. The council grant will be used to remove bushes... (laughs) ...which currently provide uh, cover for randy couples. Because I thought years ago that um, you went into a vehicle, but after watching a documentary on Channel 4 last year, no. That, that you, documentary. Do you remember, do you remember um, there, there were several meetings in this building where we discussed sending you and Sophie Soleri out dogging? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. Were I you probably to those meetings, no. Catherine? I think it was under Laura's... Yeah, because uh, if I had been, they would have gone. <laughs> I know. I, it, we, we, and why did it not happen in the end? You got scared, didn't you? No, I didn't get scared, but... Um, Couldn't we, find the masks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. And funny enough, I actually watched that documentary again last week. It was um, repeated. Oh. But I'll tell you why it didn't happen. Because we were in contact with a serial dogger. And uh, this person was from <laughs> Hertfordshire. And we were going to be going out with that person. So conversations were had over a, a two or three week period. And then at the end of the day, they never answered their phone to us ever again. So well, why we would got you, very near. Why would you need a chaperone to go dogging? You, you and Sophie, the plan was, yeah. you and Sophie, presenter a shrink. <laughs> We're going to turn up, pretend to be a couple.
call. Yeah. Like, have do the do that kind of secret sex code where you flash yeah. your headlights and have yeah. her window down, which means you can come over um, and you can touch. Mm-hmm. And then once the action started, you were going to whip out your um, yeah, uh, yeah, your yeah. handheld uh, microphone yep, yep. and start <laughs> voxing people. <laughs> that was the plan. It was That's the plan, the but, but the and is. Lawrence, the one of the bosses, the boy bosses, my boy calls him, uh, was going through all the health and safety procedures the and problem. was checking it all of that. That's the problem because what you can't do. You, you cannot go to, to, a, to no. a wood. You can't go to a wooded area uh, with a microphone and secretly record people. You can ask for their permission when they're naked, but they've got to give you their permission. So I don't think, <laughs> uh, thinking about it, I don't think it would have worked. Okay, that's a shame. And we have not had that serial dogger okay. on our side. Okay, well, that's the, always, you always want a serial dogger on your mm. side. Mm. Just, we got a good one for you this morning. Excellent. Um, who's better? Uh, disabled people or babies? You're talking about buses, is that correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Who's got more of a, a, a right to ride? Sorry? I would say, um, being honest, I would say disabled people. Well, I'm glad you're honest, Justin. I wouldn't Just want putting you to be, it out there. I wouldn't want you to be dealing in fiction. No. So, would you like me to talk to people using buses this morning? Yeah, yeah. because we don't want to just fox you. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was good. I think that was good, don't you? What do you want to use bus users or non-bus <laughs> users? The That's the funniest thing you've ever said. It's like yesterday you were talking about that uh, Christmas card. Yeah. Um, be, being highly offensive towards people on council estates. We went straight to a council estate. And you were highly offensive yeah, towards I, people. I, I was, and I got out of that area very quickly afterwards. Yeah, go and go and talk to um, especially just, some just, mums. And just people as well. Yeah, some yeah, people with buggies people. at uh, bus stops. Any aliens or just people? Well, we, we could uh, we could get um, um, uh, Intercom Man. We've not had him for a while. Mm, he's a bit arrogant these days. <laughs> No, seriously, the fame has gone to his head. Wowzers. He knows what's going on. By the way, easy on Elton John. Sorry? Easy, please. Easy, easy. I heard you earlier on. Great music this morning. Uh, Sorry, Tony Blackburn's come in to disrupt with his um, portable disco ball. (laughs) Yes, please, Tony. (laughs) He's come in with one of those little rubbish plastic toys. What are you you doing, Blackburn? (laughs) Sit down. Look at this. You're like Gandalf. Your own portable disco lights. What the flippin' hell are you doing? Hang on, let's turn the lights off. Well, yeah, you've got to turn the light off for this. You get the full effect, all right? Look at, look at that. Look. Look at that. <laughs> it's, Tony, where did you get fantastic. that from? My wife bought this for me. Uh, three pounds only. Yeah. I think it's one of the greatest uh, Christmas gifts of all. It's and she bought me another one because she said, I didn't realise how much you'd like it. God, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're so sad. It's what, for those I think who I need one. No, I've, I've got it's them. Great. It's a little plastic ball that glows that they sell to kids at pantomimes. Um, and he's <laughs> Tony's, Tony's decided. Wow. I know, Justin. We all thought he was a legend. I think it's yeah. time. What, where's that? What's that um, home for um, the bewildered, <laughs> the bewildered showbiz fraternity? That's where I've just come from. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Tony. Can, can you put a question no. to Tony? Can yeah, you ask a question to him? Yeah, got, um, got, hang on. We've got a question coming from. Do you, have you got headphones there, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking to, They're a bit rubbish. No, I haven't. We're talking to Justin Daly, hmm. who yeah. um, I saw. I saw him on the way out. Was he outside having a fag? Uh, well, no, he was just on the way to the car, I think. Okay. Or doing something. Yeah. Okay, Tony, we talked about this uh, a few moments ago. Um, we, we might be at some point in the future doing a radio dogging documentary. Now, if that was to happen, <laughs> would you like to come with us? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Worth asking. No. Well, thanks for the, thanks for the offer. It's I the worst one I've had for a long I time. I think that's eh? the first time you've ever turned down a job, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Tony? I, I found that one very easy to turn down. <laughs>
Uh, excellent. So I, I tell, I, Tony, yep. while you're here, Justin, we'll speak to you later. Easy on Elton John, by the way. Thank Cheers. you very much. Uh, would you like to introduce the next song? Yes, what it's, is it? It's uh, the creation, and it's called Making Time. It's the creation, and it's called Making Time, right here at BBC Three Counties Radio. He's good, isn't he? <laughs> Blackburn's um, actually insane, isn't he? I do he? want one of those, though. What, a Tony Blackburn? Well, everyone wants a Tony Everyone wants their own Tony Blackburn. We, he, he, uh, we'll take, we've taken a picture of his um, glowing balls and we'll uh, post them online, shall we? Yeah. So, who's better, disabled people or babies, when it comes to buses? Uh, anything else they can call in about? Um, um, oh, I feel under pressure. Oh. No. Okay, fine. We'll leave it at that then, shall we? I'm not going to give out the phone number. Can I? No. If they, if they want to phone in, we're only going to get psychic Sally if we don't give out the phone number. Oh. What she's like. Go on. No, I'm tempted. Let me not... slip it out quickly. <laughs> just once. No. On. I don't think we should. I just. Uh, if people want to call us, they will find the. Fo- I tell you, what, I let you tweet it. No. Oh. Sorry. I ate. Four, five. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There's been a serious accident on the M25 and it means it's closed clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11 that's causing long queues and there's no access from Junction 24 or 25 at the moment. It's also causing problems on the A10 southbound. It's very heavy from Turnford towards the M25 Junction 25 for Enfield. Having a look at the A1M southbound on the cameras, it's looking very slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage and also the M1 southbound is very heavy between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and nine from Redbourne. Nearby as well on Mark Yate. In Mark Yate on the A5 southbound it's very heavy between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne as well. No reports though of any problems on the trains. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. And on that bombshell, onwards and upwards. If you want to take part in the show you can give us a call. What's the phone number? Well you'll have to look it up, do some work. Let's get the news. Here's Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines report says children should have crime prevention lessons. M25 closed on Hearts Essex border and firefighters protest march in Aylesbury. BBC Three Counties Radio. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention and what to do if they're victims of crime. That's according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. More from Sophie Solaria. The report found that only 1.5 in 10 violent crimes against children are ever reported to the police, despite evidence that it affects 7 in 10 of those child victims. What's more, some young victims of crime do not see themselves as being victims, seeing robbery, assault or even rape as a natural part of growing up. The M25 is closed in both directions on the Hertfordshire-Essex border after a fatal accident this morning. The motorway is closed between Junction 25 for the A10 and Junction 27 for the M11. The high Agencies say it's expected to remain closed for several hours, possibly until midday. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after she was found to have sent a 17-year-old student inappropriate text messages. 38-year-old Erin Mavuz, who taught at Aylesbury College, sent a number of anonymous sexually explicit messages to the boy. The National College for Teaching and Leadership has recommended to the Secretary of State that she be struck off for life. Up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury this morning, protesting over the sacking of a union member. It coincides with the latest 24-hour national strike. More from Carol Abercrombie. The Fire Brigade's union says Executive Member Ricky Matthews was sacked by the Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes service for taking part in a previous strike. The local fire chief, Mark Jones, challenged the legality of the strike and warned staff they could be breaking the law if they took part. Firefighters across the country are on strike today over pension changes. Shri Andiwani is preparing to fly home after a court in South Africa cleared him of arranging the murder of his wife on their honeymoon. The prosecution claimed he paid to have Annie killed four years ago, but the judge said their evidence was riddled with contradictions. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have been greeted by angry protesters as they attended a basketball game in New York. A crowd outside the Barclays Centre was demanding justice following a number of high-profile deaths of black people involved Involving police officers. In sport, a tough FA Cup third round draw for Watford. Number 13. 13, Chelsea, the winners in four of the last eight seasons. 40. Chelsea will be at home 
to Watford. Luton will be away to Cambridge or Mansfield if they win next week's replay against Bury. And Milton Keynes Dons could also be in round three after Chesterfield were charged by the FA with fielding an ineligible player in their second round win at Stadium MK on Saturday. The weather, a bright and frosty start with some hazy sunshine but clouding over this afternoon. A maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 525,600 minutes. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From 9. The JVS Show. With your views, your stories and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. I'll talk to Carolyn Philpop. She lost her dad to leukaemia and has now set up a business making bears out of loved ones' T-shirts so you can cuddle a memory. From 3. Roberto Peroni. With all the biggest stories, the latest travel and the business panel debate. From 7. Mark Forrest. Join me to find out what's been going on across the whole country all day. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Mark Forrest sounds like a sexy vicar. Does, doesn't he? Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts is there. Hello. Catherine Boyle is there. Meow. Hey. And thank God Tony Blackburn isn't here. What the hell just ha- what the hell just happened there, uh, Boyle? He came in, showed off, and left. <laughs> I think he was having a flashback to the sixties. Did you see the look of glee in his face? <laughs> Something was going on. Lots to talk about on the show this morning. Boyle, what have we got? We are talking about the fact that uh, 1.5... Chi- what's the stat? 3 in 20... Children. No, hang on. What? I, I don't I don't understand. Who are victims of uh, crime. Don't, don't report it. No, do report it. Don't. Hang, hang on a second. What's the story? What the hell is this story? Um, this is when he's the research on behalf of victim support found that only three in twenty violent crimes against children are reported. Ah, despite violence being the most common That's crime the affecting children, apparently a lot of children think it's all part of growing up and they yep. just take it. Yep, yep. We're also asking uh, what's what's best, disabled people or babies? Yeah, off the back of this judge's ruling that actually uh, disabled people in wheelchairs do not take precedence over women with pushchairs on buses. It's a it's a tough one, but I, I I err on the side of disabled people. Yeah, as a parent, you know that there are certain things you can do to accommodate everybody else. My having a child shouldn't but, impact negatively on but anyone. But we've all been on a we've all been on a. Hang on a second. Let's get that out of the way. Beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We've all, as parents, we've been on buses yeah. where we've got one kid in the buggy and another kid on our lap, and we, we're loaded with shopping, and the bus is full, and there's not much room, and. Uh, what would you do? You, you wouldn't get off in the middle of nowhere. It's chucking it down with rain. Mm, okay. You wouldn't. You wouldn't get off, would you? No, but I couldn't sit there and watch a disabled person struggle it's because a bit, pa- bit patronising. No, but I couldn't do that, knowing that maybe there was something I could do. Put... But what if there wasn't? What if there was nowhere for you to go? All right. So you hold one child. You have one squashed up against you. You fold up the push chair. There's, well, there's, there's no. You've, have you ever been on a bus? Yeah. Well, supposing there isn't room. Well, then there's no room for anyone, is there? Well, no, but you're on there. There's no, you're on there. There's nowhere no, to... No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a standoff and us and them. Yeah. Oh, it's, they're, they're, it's them now, is it? Well, it kind wow, of is. Wow, people are them. It is. Unbelievable. 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 It is. No, but the thing is, I, 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 know, I know exactly what you mean. 
I've just been on uh, really, really crowded buses yeah. with the kids, and there's it. no there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. You can't fold up the buggy. You've got the shopping underneath it. The the luggage rack is full. There's nothing you can do. You're not going to get off. To be honest, I've not been on a bus that's been that packed for ages. There's never anyone on them. Oh uh, well, I, well, I, this is when I used to live in London. Oh right. See, different there, isn't it? Oh, I'll tell you uh, what oh, I tried, I and I'll there. never do again. Yeah. Because mostly because my kids can walk pretty 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 well now. But uh, taking a baby on a train on an underground flipping with a with a push chair it was a nightmare you never do it at rush hour that's well, that's crazy yeah, we just got caught we just got caught it well, was on a weekend well you know when it's you, a stupid idea yeah you know when no if you get no it's an, it's a marvelous adventure if no you got, a horrible idea no no awful. no if you go at the right time which is any other time apart from the rush hour then it's a wonderful adventure for the kids they love it no it was horrible got crazy kev's on the line morning kev <laughs> Okay, thanks very much for calling. What the hell happened there? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the guests up and um, we will uh, will crack on. Uh, But, uh, uh, no, the underground can be a marvel. Never go on the underground at 8.30 in the morning or between sort of 4.30 and 6.30 in the evening. Or on a weekend when you're, like, not working. No. No, that's what happened. We went to... Oh, well, God, did you we, go to Camden or something? We went to Olympia for the baby... Oh, that was another thing. That was I, asking I was already for trouble. In, I was in a right mood anyway because yeah. I went to that baby fair, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Well, Where but, they try and sell you nose pickers and helmets and d- frighten you to death. Yeah. And I just went round telling all the mums, you don't need that. You don't ne- need that. Never go to Olympia... For an event, that that's just asking for trouble. Let's just get the guest up, girls. That's just asking for trouble, isn't it? To do something like that. Well, yes, I found out, and I'll never do it again. Good. I'm glad we've established that. Uh, now, schools should be teaching our children how to be uh, streetwise. That's according to a new report from Victim Support. The charity has been working alongside the University of Bedfordshire to look at the scale of crime against young people. They found that 3 in 20 violent offences against kids go unreported, despite some of them involving serious injuries. Well, we spoke... Oh, is the guest not there? Amanda. Hello? Unresponsive. Okay. Hmm. I have a way around this. I have a way around this. Don't worry. The way around it is we do this. Byron. 
must defeat him so they can escape at last from the lost islands. The lost islands. Someone somewhere has muffed up, so we'll go back to that story a little bit later on and its confusing statistics. Now, uh, Aylesbury College has sacked one of its teachers for sending explicit texts to a teenage student. The anonymous messages, including at least one picture of the woman's bottom, were eventually reported by another boy's mother and the college called in the police. Well, the National College for Teaching and Leadership recommended that she be struck off for life. John Houston is an education expert and visiting professor to Oxford Brookes University and joins me now. Morning, John. Morning. There have been uh, these sorts of cases around before. Uh, do, do they? Does this surprise you? Uh, it disappoints me more than surprises me, I think, because uh, it's been made very clear to people in the teaching profession that these sort of things are not acceptable. Uh, and the law was changed a few years ago to clarify that the relationship between teachers and students went up to the age of 18. Uh, because th- th- there will be some people listening who think, well, hang on, the fellow was, the, the, the lab was 17, and, and you know, it, it, it's kind of a, a schoolboy fantasy. But it is an abuse of, of, of a position of power, isn't it? Yeah, and the law was changed, as I said. I mean, there was a sort of um, indeterminate area between the legal age of consent at 16 um, and adults at 18, uh, and it became clear and the law was changed so that those people in education know that they are not effectively allowed to uh, have sexual relations or develop relationships in that age group. When they've got past 18, then uh, they're consenting adults. Then why does it um, continue to happen? There have been a few stories uh, in the papers recently, and of course this story we're talking about today, why does it keep happening? Because we're human beings, I suspect, um, and we give in to our temptations. Uh, We don't want to sometimes, but um, uh, it it shouldn't happen. But anywhere where people are working closely together, uh, your newsroom, uh, schools, anything like that, people get... develop relationships with each other. I imagine it's different from... I, I was at school a very long time ago, John. Uh, I imagine you were as well, with, with the greatest respect. It was different then. Back back at, when I was at school, we had no contact, real contact, with the teachers outside of school. But now with, with Twitter, and I believe that, you know, teachers and students often exchange emails and people can be found on Facebook, it's easier to continue those relationships outside of school, isn't it? There's more opportunity, certainly. I mean, in the days when uh, snail mail meant you had to sit down, write a letter, uh, go to a post box and post it, or try and leave a note surreptitiously around the school, uh, it was much more difficult. Is it harder for, for, for teachers in colleges and sixth-form colleges to differentiate between, you know, a 14, 15-year-old and a, a 16, 17-year-old? Because it, 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 when I, I remember going to sixth form college and you were treated like an adult, whereas at school you were treated like children. And that's one of the advantages for many young people who do choose the FE sector over staying on at school post-16. Um, yes, it's more difficult, I suspect, but the bulk of the people in your um, classes, whether they be A-level or vocational, are going to be under 18 mm. in those colleges, and you know the rules. Uh, but the law, just to clarify, is uh, um, 17 and under, that's, that's a no-no. Well, 18 and under. 18 and under, that's, yeah, that's, that's a no-no. No-no, yeah. Absolutely. John, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. It's uh, John Howson, education expert, visiting professor to Oxford Brookes University. 
Um, there will be blokes listening who are thinking, well, hang on a minute. He was 17, she was 38, and I know if I'd have been 17 and if the teacher at school I had a crush on had um, reciprocated, I would have been over the moon. But then there are a lot of women listening who are thinking, that is a child, and if you've got a son of that age, you know that they are really babies. 17. They don't think they are, they think they can handle that sort of stuff, but they're kids. And you know, you're putting those people in loco parentis, you're expecting them... We're sending them to Mexico. No, but you're you're expecting them to look after your children as if they were their own, not as if they were some sort of sex object. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? It it, it all comes down to authority and positions of authority and... uh, um, But there have been a few stories like that recently and it's been predominantly... Um, maybe these are just the ones that get reported because it's got, you know it's, it's kind of a sexy story in, in in every interpretation of the word. It's been predominantly recently wim- uh, female teachers and male pupils. Well, as if it's a revelation that women yeah. have those sort of thoughts. Yeah. Well, we're surprised though. We did. We are surprised because generally we think of it as dirty old men. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was another story, wasn't there, this week I think, of the teacher that was having sex with a sixteen-year-old girl in school. Uh, and it was a bloke. With, and we, we kind of go, oh, yeah, we'd expect that because it's blokes and blokes can't control their libidos. But we expect women to be a little bit more um, uh, self-controlled, but I you guess. you know what this is? It's a pro- we're Generation X. We were the ones that were kids in the 90s and where it was anything goes and women could do it the same as men. And this is, this is what we're, we've reaped. I think I'm Generation W. I was kids in the 80s. Oh, are you? So, yeah, a little bit older. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise is closed between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. It's causing queues now to Junction 22 for St Albans. It's after a lorry crossed over the central reservation and crashed into some other vehicles as well. So that means anti-clockwise is also closed between Junction 27 and 25 as well. It's also causing queues on the A10 southbound. It's very heavy from Turnford towards the M25. Having a look at the motorways elsewhere, the M1 southbound has two lanes closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of an obstruction in the road that's making it very slow past there at the moment. And checking the M40 northbound is queuing from the Denham roundabout towards the M25. Also looking very busy around Denham as well on the A40 Western Avenue. It's queuing there between the Denham roundabout and Gypsy Corner. Checking the A41 southbound through Berkhamstead, that's looking very slow at the moment. And in Aylesbury, it's looking very busy in both directions on Whedon Road between the A41 and Elmhurst Road. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Produce me, Catherine. I'll do, I'll do your bidding. Whatever you think is cool. 7.17. It is Tuesday the 9th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention. That's according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after sending sexually explicit text messages to a student at Aylesbury College. And Watford have been drawn away to Premier League leaders Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup. BBC Three Counties Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every week. 
weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace an account in any of the names or any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you'd been in touch with them and the senior customs relations manager was most apologetic. Thankfully, you managed to get your money back. Yep, but that was due to, obviously, your station itself. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine. So? On BBC Three Counties Radio. What happened there? That wasn't me. Was that you? Yeah, I clicked you. For goodness sake. I realised you'd open my microphone. You're, you're got... clicking me. You're, um, I, I nearly said something rude. <laughs> so, we spoke to the um, the gentleman who from Luton who mm. is uh, relaunching the ZX Spectrum, the yes. Spectrum Vega. I am down for one now. I'm in the second batch. Can I have a go? They've gone nuts. They have gone nuts. They've been everywhere. We were the first ones to nab those guys. And they've been everywhere. Have you seen it? Been in all the pa- it's gone worldwide, been in all the papers, all over the BBC. We had them first. Exciting times. It's very exciting times. And I'm, I'm dead excited because I'm going to get one well, of these ZX Spectrum Vegas. It's kind of like a reboot of the Spectrum. Well, an original... It says th- there's a thing in the sun where old gadgets are apparently worth lots of money. Now, I don't, I don't buy this. It says the original Spectrum can fetch up to £375 today. I, it cost about that, didn't it? It cost 175 quid, right? But in old money, that was, a, that was a lot. That was a lot of money. I reckon you could get one on eBay with a load of games for 45 quid. Yeah. I reckon you... I, I, so I'm not sure where they've got these figures from, OK? A Tamagotchi could cost £200. Oh, I had a knock-off one of those. It was rubbish. Um, uh, yeah, I kept um, resetting mine. <sighs> kept killing it. Fed of it. Fed up of it. Fed of it, innit? Stop it. saying in it. It's the first time I've said it this morning. Stop it then. The original iPod, the big, chunky, thick, black and white, white one with the, the white case, could fetch up to £800. Does it have to work, though? Yes. Oh. Go on to uh, electronic... Batteries went, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, you can replace them. Can you? Yeah. Go on to Electronic Bay, mm. right, and type in ZX Spectrum, and let's see how much is ZX Spectrum... ZX Spectrum is not going for £375. Let's have a look. The Sony Walking Man cassette player, mm-hmm. 460 quid. What? You're having a laugh. Although I do like a bit of cassette action. Yeah. A Game Boy, original Game Boy, 700 pounds. No. No, I'm not having that. You can get one with uh, 20 quid. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's a bid thing. All right, you can get a Sinclair ZX Spectrum uh, plus know. two. It's the one I had. Yeah. 30 quid. Yeah, it's not plus two. We're after, we're after the ZX, we're after the ZX Spectrum so 48k. 48k and 20 games. Yeah. 48.99 plus 9.90 postage. So is that buy it now price? Yeah. So this, this whole story, The Sun, is nonsense. Is bullshine. Type in a Tamagotchi. All right. Am I doing your shopping? You pretty much, you're helping compile my Christmas list. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Tamagotchi. Well, an original one. No, mate, a brand new... Yes, an original one. That's the well, point of the... there's loads of new ones. That's the point of the story. Tamagotchi original. Oh, there's a bidding one. Hang on, let's put the original in. Oh. Carry on. Um, the, um, yeah, the Game Boy, 700 quid. I don't think so. You can get them for, like, five at Car Boots. Buy it now, 30 quid. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> this is rubbish. So the Sun have basically just made up a story. They can fetch you up to if you find the appropriate sucker. Oh, yeah, um, my, uh, um, a, a pull on my finger can fetch up to 500 quid. 
Hello. I reckon. <laughs> probably. Do you not think, guys? I think. OK. I've got loads of texts, but let's do the uh, next thing next, and then we'll talk texts. OK, what the, what's, where are we going now for the next... What is the next I'll thing I'll put now? it in the run order, so uh, if you just click on that... OK. Uh, then we'll do that. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Right. Back to this story. Schools should be teaching our children how to be streetwise. That's according to a new report from Victim Support. The charity's been working alongside the University of Bedfordshire to look at the scale of crime against young people. And they found... That, oh, uh, that, uh, that, um, have we got, I don't think we've got those, those figures right. Um, no, we've got the figures wrong. That only, uh, three in 20 violent crimes against children are ever reported. That's the story. That's the story. Three in violent, uh, three in 20 violent chi- uh, crimes against children go reported. The rest go unreported, uh, despite some of them involving serious injuries. The concern is that some children are being seen as the target of robbery, assault, or even sexual assault, and they see it as a natural part of growing up. Well, Sarah Champion is from Victim Support and joins me now. Morning, Sarah. Good morning. I'm actually the MP for Rotherham. Oh, I do apologise. <laughs> it's all going. This story is all over the shop today. Morning, I know, but this, this story is also very concerning. Tell us so, um, why, Sarah. Thank you. It, it's we've discovered. Um, I'm, I'm basically the chair of the all-party group for Victim Support, and working with Victim Support, we actually found that children are suffering a huge amount of crime, much more than we ever experienced, and for complex reasons, less than a fifth actually report that crime because they just accept that, you know, being robbed, being abused, being beaten up is now sort of part of life. So. How have they, where have they learnt that from, Sarah? Well, unfortunately, from experience. So we found that a third of 11 to 17-year-olds, for example, have actually suffered physical violence in the last year. And they have a perception that if they report it, um, either they won't be taken seriously or the police won't intervene, or, or just as you sort of alluded to, that this is normal behaviour, part of growing up, and they just have to take it. 10 to 18-year-olds are more likely to become crime victims. Yeah, very much so. Um, and then there's also sort of child-specific crimes. So, um, for example, uh, girls aged 16 to 19 are the age group highest uh, at highest risk of being a victim of sexual violence. Um, I, I'm kind of speechless at this. <laughs> it has thrown you this, hasn't it? It, well, I know. it, it really it's has. It's so hor- I read the report. It's so horrific. What, what, what do we need to do differently? How do we turn this around? Well, one of our big recommendations is that from quite a young age, children ought to be taught about basically what's right and wrong. That, you know, if someone steals your phone, then you have got a right to report it. Uh, You have got a right to be taken seriously. I mean, another thing that we found is only about 5% of victims of childhood sexual abuse report this to an adult at the time. Um, And what we need to be doing is giving children the the confidence and the tools to be able to report to stop all this um, sort of abuse and crime going on. So what, what do we do practically there? Is it because the, 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 the young people have a mistrust of the police or mistrust of authority? What, what is it and how do we, what do we practically do? Um, I think you're right. I definitely think that that's part of it. Um, I think that also children don't always know that they can report, that they have that right or mm. how to go about it. I also think that um, adults need to well, just take children seriously. You know, if, if they are saying that something's going on, something's going wrong, then rather than just to, you know, ignore it or, or think that the child's overreacting, take it seriously, listen to them and then work with them so that they can report that and get something done about it. Sarah, I appreciate your time and apologies for all the confusion. Sarah Don't Champion, worry. MP for Rotherham. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. We got there We got there in the end, guys. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
So, we're asking who's better, disabled people or babies. So, Scott has, has kind of texted, uh, tweeted, and I kind of dig this. Go on. First come, first serve. He's not the first person to say that. I've got some uh, text saying something similar. And um, this is from Dan in Milton Keynes. What if the lady had to get back to feed her baby? I'm sure people would have moaned if she'd got a boob out on the bus. Uh, stop while uh, a bus stop while waiting for the next bus. Also, disabled people always wish to be treated the same as able-bodied people, so why should they take priority? And um, also in the centre, MK, disabled people get free parking, not people with babies. No one is better than anyone else. First come, first on. I say, says Dan in Milton Keynes. Dan, if you could put some full stops in your eyes in the future, it'd be really <laughs> guys. Cool. Guys, listen. What, what we're going to do um, early next year at some point, Catherine and I are going to hold a punctuation <laughs> workshop, and all regular texters and emails, you are welcome to come and join us. It just makes our life a little. There was a lot of commas in there. Um, We've also got uh, Richard from Flissick saying successive governments have never built council houses where workers are needed. Where are the houses for the immigrants? Sorry? Did we introduce this subject? This was about the... Well, I guess this was that we're importing brookies on £1,000 per week. But Richard, we, we we needed them. Yeah. Um, or schools, hospitals, doctors or dentists. The two million unemployed do live near where, where the work is. Solution, get immigrants who in who happy no housing. Again, Richard... I don't know um, what that means. Listen, this, this is re- reference to the Daily Mail story, which, which, which um, sounds like a shocking story, but it's actually a brilliant story. Uh, after sandwich firm that supplies M&S is forced to recruit staff in Hungary, now we're importing brickies on £1,000 a week. Let's read a bit more. Builders are hiring Portuguese bricklayers on £1,000 a week. That is awful. That is disgusting. Hang on, let me finish this sentence. Because not enough Britons can do the job. Oh, it's, well, then that's brilliant. That's fair enough. That that's means, market forces. That means stuff is getting built because not enough people are learning to be brickies over here. OK, well, let's go and get them from abroad. Plus, that's exactly the sort of gap we were exploiting in Germany back in the 1980s. Back in Alvida Zampet. I've also got this text through, which is an interesting one, and, on. and, and looks back at the story we did about the teacher who's been fired for sending inappropriate texts to a student. Oh, he yeah. was 17. Yes, he was 17. She was 38. There is a certain amount of uh, four going on about this story. But yeah. actually, if you, if you switch the uh, genders around, people would be shocked. Um, this is from an anonymous texter. For obvious reasons, he's given um, some quite personal information. My wife had my stepson when she was 16. The father was 38 at the time. Oh, because she was at the age of consent, nothing could be done about it. Immoral, yes. Illegal, no. Even though what was uh, without going into the full story, she was clearly taken advantage of. And that's the point, isn't it? They might be legal, but they are still kids, aren't they? And at 38 you're old enough to know better? Cue loads of people phoning in saying, well yeah, I was 38, I met my wife at 16, we're together 25 years later. If only they would phone in. I'm not giving out the number. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise is closed between junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. It's causing long queues at junction 22 for St Albans at the moment after a serious accident. It's also causing it to be very slow on the A1M southbound from the uh, junction 3 for St Albans all the way to the M25. Also causing extra problems on the A414 eastbound. It's very slow between the Hartingford Bree Road and the Hartford turn-off there caused, caused by the extra problems on the M25. Having a look at the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. That's causing it to be very slow southbound on the M1 through there. And on the A1 southbound, looking at the cameras, it's very slow between the Kimbleton turn-off and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. There's no reports of any problems on the trains at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. The M25 is closed on the Hertfordshire-Essex border after a fatal accident earlier this morning. Various carriageway and junction closures are in place in both directions, between junctions 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. And up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury this morning, protesting over the sacking of a union member. It comes Coincides with the latest 24 hour national strike. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have been drawn away to Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup, the fourth FA Cup meeting between the two sides since 2004, and a return to Stamford Bridge for Hornets manager Slavisa Jukanovic. Luton and Milton Keynes Dons could join Watford in the third round. More from Jeff Doyle. Watford will go to Jose Mourinho's Chelsea at the beginning of January. The Premier League leaders have been in superb form this season and only lost for the first time in the Premier League on Saturday. If Luton beat Bury in their replay next week, they'll face a trip to either Mansfield or Richard Money's Cambridge United. Meanwhile, MK Dons victors on Saturday, Chesterfield, have been charged by the FA with a breach of FA Cup rules after allegedly fielding an ineligible player, George Margretta, in their second round win at Stadium MK. The club has until five o'clock on Thursday to reply to the charge. So the Don could take Chesterfield's place away to Scunthorpe or non-league Worcester. Elsewhere in the draw, AFC Wimbledon host Liverpool, Arsenal face Hull in a repeat of last season's final and Manchester United are away to Yeovil or Accrington. Meanwhile, United are up to third in the Premier League after two Robin Van Persie goals gave them a 2-1 victory at Southampton last night. Tonight in the Champions League, Liverpool must win at home to Basel to reach the knockout stages. Arsenal, who have already qualified, are away to Galatasaray. And in cricket, Australia are playing for the first time since the death of batsman Phil Hughes with more tributes before play started against India in Adelaide. The BBC's Alison Mitchell was there. The montage on the big screen showing pictures of him celebrating 100, uh, some photographs from his younger days and all voiced by Richie Benno who is the iconic voice of Mm. Australian cricket. Very fitting indeed. And Hughes' close friend David Warner scored 145 as Australia reached 352 for five approaching the end of day one. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Catherine has been soundly thrashed. Yes. Not for anything she's done, just we get bored during the news. Well, yeah, and I won't be doing that again. Uh, so this is the story. Can you take uh, my coat off? Yeah. Do that. Wheelchairs don't have priority over baby buggies on the bus, says judges. Disability campaigners yesterday demanded new laws for wheelchair users after judges ruled they have no legal priority to use reserved areas on a bus. Mm -hmm. Appeal judges said a mum with a baby buggy was within her rights to occupy a bus wheelchair bay leading to a disabled passenger being left behind on the stop. My first thought is, this is outrageous, of course we should be giving this to the disabled um, person. My thought now is... I think, and this may change again, and you can call in and, and, and correct me either way. Um, first come, first serve. And also, two people are affected if the buggy has to move. Yeah. I think the situation for me would be different depending on where I was in the process. Yeah. If you're already on the bus, yeah. difficult. If it's between you and them in the bus queue, I don't know. If I was sitting, I would hang back sitting on probably. a bus and there was a pregnant lady and a disabled lady, I would stand up and say, 
Fight for it. Fight. Which one of you two wants wants to get to the seat? Let's see what happens. Can Driver, it, this is this is what's been decided. This is the funny bit at the end, right? So that basically, the judges said, you know, if there's a if there's a buggy there first, then that's fine, right? But then the 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 bit. Um, Drivers should instead be taught to pile pressure on selfish passengers. What? Lady Justice Arden said. They should even refuse to move off from the stop if passengers block disabled customers. Drivers should be taught to pile pressure on? Drivers always pile pressure on. They're horrible. The majority of bus drivers. Ever been on a bus, Just? Yeah, a long time ago. It was a horrible experience. I absolutely hate buses. They are dirty, filthy, horrible. Always late. I, uh, well, listen, I'm a big fan of buses. I genuinely, I love buses, particularly when I'm in London. Yeah, well, London buses are different. Yeah, well, I, 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 pref- I love travelling around on a bus. I think you get to see different parts of towns that you don't normally see. I, I thoroughly enjoy it, right? Mm. But bus drivers, oh, flip it. What's their beef? What is their beef? Some of them are quite nice. Name one. <laughs> I can't. Some of them, I believe. What are your nice. thoughts on this, Justin? Because I know if I ask you, you yeah. will um, you will give me the honest answer, right? Yeah, OK. What's better, disabled people or babies? Uh, when it comes to buses, for me personally, disabled people get priority every single time. That's just my personal view. I think they're more important than babies. Why? Uh, babies are the future. They may be the future, but that's... Disabled people and and able-bodied people are the past. Yeah, okay. The present at best. If somebody is in a wheelchair, for me personally, they have more priority than somebody who's holding a baby in their arms. Because the ah, the baby isn't in the arms, the baby's in a buggy. Mm. That's the point. I would say for me every time, disabled people. And I'm struggling to give you reasons, no. but for me personally, I would say a disabled person. I know what you mean. I'm struggling to, I'm struggling to come up with, with my reasons yeah, tough. For, for this. Kath, you want to say something? No. Okay. She's just, I, I cannot... I cannot re- read what you've... Well, I think I can read what you've written on the screen, but I'm not going to. Don't. I hope that's okay with yeah. you. Justin, you've taken this to the streets. I have, and I have to say, I've worked with you for about uh, two years now. This is probably the most awkward question I have ever taken to the streets. Who has more priority when it comes to getting on a bus, disabled people or babies? Uh, We're struggling to answer the question. I've taken it to the streets this morning talking to bus users, and again, some of those have struggled as well. Here's what people had to say. Madam, you're often using the buses. This is a really random question, um, but Ian sent me out on this one. Who do you think has more of a right to ride on those buses? Who's more important out of disabled people and babies? They're both the same, as far as I'm concerned. If you had to pick one. Yeah, but that's an awkward one, really. It is. That's what we're asking. Yes. (laughs) If I had to pick one... Oh, God, that is hard. Mm. It really is hard. No, I'd still go for the baby every time. Because I would. Because I'm a mum. That's why I would choose baby. I was listening to this this morning as I was getting ready. Um... I think disabled people, really. Tell us why. Oh, if they're disabled, usually in a wheelchair, and usually need more space. I'd say it's probably equal, but I would say give disabled people more of a priority in the limited space available. I'd say babies are. Why? Because the mother's got to get out to feed the children, and she's got to go and get her shopping. So babies are more important on buses than disabled people? Well, not more important, but priority. That's the question, though. Because they've got to go to school as well. Both. You had to pick one. Disable. Because baby you can just hold on your lap. Well, I'm here with a bus driver, so we're not going to name you, but let me put a scenario to you, okay? Yeah. Your bus here is absolutely packed. However, you have one space left. Yeah. At the door, 
you have a disabled person in a wheelchair okay. and you have a mother with a baby yeah. who would you give priority to uh, there's only one space left i think so my opinion is i give priority to disabled people tell us why uh, i don't know that but that's the, my opinion but why would you give priority to that disabled person over the mother with a baby it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, tough, very tough, yeah. That's but why would you give priority to that disabled person? Because that baby help on mother, but disabled people is, is on, yeah? So who help on the disabled? So that's why I give you priority to disabled people. Tough question. It is a very tough one. Listen, have a good day. Thanks for your time. Uh, you too, yeah. Thank you. He makes a good point. It is tough though, you, you could hear the tension um, in that particular piece because people don't really want to give an answer. How can you decide this morning who's more important, a disabled person or a baby? It's such a tough one. It's got to be first come, first serve. I think that would probably be the easiest way to sort that out. But, but that bus driver there, if his bus was packed, if it was packed and he had one space left at his door, he's got a disabled person there in a wheelchair, he's got a mother with a baby, for him, a bus driver, and ultimately he's got the power to let people on that bus or not, he would choose the disabled person. Justin, thank you very much. What, what, we, what have we got you doing for the rest of the day? Whatever you want, boss. So, let, let's have a, let me speak to... Oh, it's only Dave and Dennis. Have we got anything else for Just that we can uh, send him out on Catherine Boyle? Mm. Tell you what, Just, let, let me talk to these two old codgers and yeah. um, we'll, we'll come up with <laughs> something in a bit. OK, no problem. Speak to you in a bit. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye. Uh, Dave. Good morning, boss. Dennis. Yes. Sort it out amongst yourselves. Well, I'm, not, I'm partly disabled and I should uh, expect... A seat, if not, but I'll just stand up. You know, it's just one of those things. That's Thank right. you, Dennis. That's Thank right. you, Dennis. Well, Dennis. You know, yes. <laughs> um, can I ask you a question, Dennis? Yes. Right, you're disabled. No, I'm disabled because I'm getting old. Oh, well, I'm disabled on the spine. Okay, I'm not in a wheelchair. No, I'm staying and I'm like an old drunk. Right, like maybe like me as well. Yep. But Dennis, do you see these people getting on these uh, buses in wheelchairs? That when they get to the other end, they get out of that wheelchair and start walking. Oh well, that, in that case, that's, that's a fiddle. That's a fiddle. Well, yeah, but this is happening, Dennis, and even in Luton. Yeah. I know people that get into a wheelchair. They don't need that wheelchair. They're just doing it for benefits. Well, 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 hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Dave. Yes. I don't believe you. You don't, you? I don't believe you know people who are using... Well, a w- let, let me finish. I don't believe you know people who are using a wheelchair just to get benefits. Yes, they do, mate. Why don't you report them? No. Oh, it's not my job to report them. It's not, it's not... Here we go. Here we go. No, Listen, no, we, no, no, let's no. get Justin back, because we've got the Vox now. Kath, we've, we've got what we're going to talk about. Is it... This is for Justin. Is it Dave and Luton's responsibility to report to the authorities people that he knows are pretending to be disabled to claim benefits? No, you don't think it's your responsibility? I, should, I, yeah, I should do, uh, boss, but... Then do it. it. There's things in your mind that you can't do it. Why? You just can't do it. Tell me what's in your mind, Dave. Oh, don't. Pardon? Tell me what's in your mind. What's that still small voice saying? No, you can't, because you're spitting on someone, and there's retaliations, isn't there? You don't do dobbing, do you, Dave? Pardon? You don't do dobbing, do you, Dave? Well, no, but you'll you'll have retaliations. No, there won't. It'll 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 be completely anonymous. 
Well, so you, you reckon, you reckon, you know people who use wheelchairs uh, yes. to claim benefits. Yes, sir. Right, so they're, ste- they're stealing money out of your pocket. Well, not 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 now because I don't pay taxes, do I? Okay, but, they, yeah, I, well, but they... you know, swings and roundabouts, Dave. You did. Well, I, yes, I do. I know. I know. I'm making a great mistake. I should be them. But the the situation is, we're talking about going onto these buses. Hang on a second. I, hang on. Well, you, I, I know, but the conversation's evolved, Dave, and I appreciate that. Stay there because Ian wants a word. Go on, Ian. No, Dave, you don't. You don't need to report them. It's not your job. It's the job of the authorities to find them. You pay your taxes. It's not your job to go grassing people up. If that's their caper, that's their caper. Let them get caught. You're not the conscience for everybody. You shouldn't be going reporting people. Let the authorities find out for themselves. That's what they're paid to do. Right, thank you very much, because it's a situation you can get reprisals against these people. They, they'll get to know that you you reported them. They'll get to know. They can reprise against you in this dirt, in this dirty world today. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like the yeah. woman we had on yesterday, or, or we had on, so I'll present her it, uh, that Ian had on yesterday, that said, oh, you, we want you to ring Crime Stoppers if you know somebody's had a drink. Hold on a minute. We don't... You shouldn't be ringing up if somebody's had a drink. If somebody's blind drunk and getting into a car, fair enough. But yeah, I know. Not if, is... not, not if somebody's had a couple of drinks, uh, uh, maybe over the limit. You know, let the police do their job. That's correct. You yeah. know, you've got authority people to come out and do this. But the, even a lot of police, I know a police officer who won't report a drunken dr- person getting into a car. Hang on, guys. Where's your social responsibility? Well, this is the situation of this world today, Kath. Well, you yeah, but you're making around. it worse. Well, Wade in, Dave. Wade in. Well, if somebody, if, if, if I saw an old lady being beaten up or mugged on the street, I'd go and help her, I'd run after the person, I'd do that. But I'm, I'm sorry, things like financial crime, benefit fraud, things like that, it's none of my business. If somebody wants to do it, let them get on with it. Dennis, Dave, Ian, thank you. You've just set the agenda for the next hour and 15 minutes of the show. This is why I love doing this show, because we talk about one thing, and out of the conversation from a caller, or from an expert, or from, you know, from, out, from a caller... We go off in a different direction. Let's go there. Uh, we'll, uh, ju- we'll get Justin out on that. Yeah. So Dave claims he knows people, and you can give us a call on this as well. Dave claims he knows people um, who use wheelchairs when they don't need them. It's to claim benefits. He doesn't think it's his job to report them to the authorities. And nor does, does Ian. Ian. No. And Ian, what I thought, thought, thought was really interesting about what Ian said was, if he saw someone putting their hands in someone's pockets or robbing an old lady, yep. he would step in. But don't you see... That these people have got their hands in all of our pockets if we pay tax. Justin? Yes, boss, that was a great conversation. Wasn't that? Who'd have thought we'd get gold from Dave and Luke in the second two years? <laughs> but we got there. Miracles happen. I mean, what I would say, what I would say about Dave's there, okay, if he's not going to do what a lot of people would say is, is do the right thing and grasp that person up, why is he then coming on the radio moaning about those people? Do you see what I'm saying? I, I see exactly what I'm Can you take that to the streets, Just? Absolutely. I knew we'd get something. I didn't know we'd get it that quickly. And we didn't even give the number out. No. You see? I'm glad we're not giving the number out. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There's been a serious accident on the M25, so it's closed clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. It's causing queues from Junction 22 for St Albans as a result of that, and there's no access from Junction 24 or 25 either. On the A1M southbound, there's no access. Uh, there is access at Junction 23, but there's long queues at the moment from uh, from South Mims heading towards the M25, from St Albans, sorry, at Junction 3 towards the M25 as a result of those problems. Also looking very busy around Bishop's Stortford on the A120 Stortford Road. It's very slow in both directions between Bishop's Parkway and the Puckeridge Roundabout as a result of the problems on the M25 as well. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. It's very heavy past there at the moment. And in Biggleswade on the A1 and northbound, it's very heavy between the Home Base Roundabout and the Sainsbury's Roundabout looking at the speed sensors. No, no reports of any problems, though, on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. The needle is back on the groove of the record, guys. 7.46. It's Tuesday, the 9th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention. That's according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after sending sexually explicit text messages to a student at Aylesbury College. And Watford have been drawn away to Premier League leaders Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup. Coming up, we'll take your calls on this. Uh, whether Dave should be reporting people who are faking disabilities to claim benefits. But before that, let's get the weather with Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a chilly start to the day. Temperatures only just around freezing at the moment. And of course, there will be some frost to scrape off the car windscreens first thing this morning. We are waking up to bright conditions, but we are going to see that replaced by some clouds. Certainly by lunchtime, everywhere will be quite grey and it will trap in all that cold air from the morning. So I think we'll be looking at temperatures no higher than six degrees throughout this afternoon. In addition, we'll have the wind picking up at first from a southwesterly direction and into the night we'll also get some rain. Won't come to very much, but there will be one or two moderate bursts. Interestingly, the temperature will be on the way up towards midnight and for a time will be in double figures. Uh, But as we go through the night, that cloud and the rain will clear away towards the east. The skies will clear and temperatures will drop to about four or five degrees. The wind will ease off a little bit, but it will stay noticeable through the day tomorrow. Some sunshine to enjoy, though. We might just get one or two showers pushed across uh, because of that breeze and temperatures will get up to about seven or eight degrees tomorrow similar day on thursday thursday night interesting it's definitely going to be wet could be very very windy indeed we'll keep you posted of course Hello, this is Caroline Barker. 2015 is set to be a momentous year of news and sports. From the general election to the Ashes, the Rugby World Cup to Wimbledon. You'll get it all in crystal clear quality with a digital radio. So why not treat someone you love to a digital radio this Christmas? They'll enjoy all the BBC stations, plus get five extra national BBC stations, including five live sports extra. Get set for the biggest breaking news and the best live sport in 2015 with a digital radio. If you love radio, give digital. To find out more, search online for BBC Digital Radio. F- what? Five Live Sports Extra. Is that actually a thing? I've heard them mention it. I didn't know that it was a thing. No one goes to that, That's if they? you've not had enough sports. So there's Five Live Sports Extra. There's BBC uh, Radio 4 Extra. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't think those things... I thought they just said it to show off. That's because so that we- they used to be a comedy channel, didn't they? Radio 4? 
No. If you want to see a video of Tony Blackburn um, 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 being a plum, uh, let's be honest, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. He's got, he's, he's actually, he's very funny. He, he's got a new toy. He's got, he's got a flashy light. I need one. It's like um, showing a video of a mouse to a cat. So they're just staring transfixed at the screen. He's like that. I was trying to do a serious paper review with Catherine Boyle and, and uh, I could see flashing lights behind me and he was coming in harassing you, Kelly. I know, I loved it. You loved it as well. We all, we all love we being all harassed by Blackburn. I'm so, I, I, honestly, Tony Blackburn was on my radio show this morning. I can quit now. I can't, I've not paid off the mortgage, but you speaking, know what I mean. Speaking of Tony's, yes. text from Tony. Hello, I think Tony. It's Tony Blackburn. Hello. Obviously, Even some... Tony Blackburn wouldn't text, he'd just wander in and exactly. start shouting. Exactly, and he's not that, he's not that furious. <laughs> Tony's furious. Obviously, some disabled people think they should have more rights than a newborn baby. What's the baby done to deserve such inequality? Wow. Now then, would you give up your space for a disabled baby? Idiots on the radio, fair enough to drink and drive. What a... You're not grassing, you're being a being responsible That's member of society. Ian he's referring to. Oh, he's only drink driving. Who cares who he crashes into? Moopet. Uh, there's two peas in Moopet. In the first degree. Get real, numbskulls. It's all of our jobs to help the police. Can we start saying Moopet? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. we, can, we can own Moopet. The thing is, I mean, uh, you do, uh, I do think one has to has a, have a social conscience. And mm-hmm. it's odd, isn't it? The things that we consider to be... Um, theft. The, yeah, the things we consider to be theft and appropriate to report an old lady getting mugged. Okay, I think most of us would, would dial 999 and report that. Very few of us would go, nothing to do with me, Governor. Uh, but someone actually pretending to be disabled, you know, using their wheelchair to go about, but then they, they go and do uh, pole dancing in their living room to claim a few quid on the benefits. But part of us... It's the same as an insurance scam. Very few of us would report an insurance scam because we're thinking, yes, in the fa- that's one in the eye for the suits. That's the good, the common man uh, defeating the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the great and the mighty. Yeah, and then how do the suits get their money back? Oh, from the common man, yeah. Uh, Lee says, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. If I knew someone that was cheating the system, I'd have no qualms about telling the respective authorities. I'm so, loads of O's, angry. He's angry. I'll tell you why this is great, OK? Because this hasn't come from some rubbish story in the newspapers about something. This has come from uh, David Luton, who's who, telling us a real story, that he is aware of people who, who use wheelchairs when they don't need them. It's to claim benefits. And, I, and, and this is kind of... I think this is why people are getting angrier about it, because it's, it, it's, they've just heard it explained live. It's not, it's not on page seven of the Daily Mail. Evan Luton, though, has some uh, sympathy. We're not in Korea or Russia informing on your neighbours, nanny state. The government cut, cut and cut jobs and then expect us to do the same jobs we pay council tax for. Ev. Um, Mark's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Mark. Hi, Ian. What have you got for us? Yeah, this thing you're saying about um, disabled people on the bus. Yes, boss. Yeah, the thing with it is, at the point that the person with the pram got on the bus and paid the fare, they found the contract at that point with the bus club there. Oh, you're good. And, and the it's unfair once they've, they've got on. If they've seen that space available and paid the money, it's then unfair to make a move. You've, you, you, you've, you've, you've raised a good point, Mark, that I hadn't even considered. You're right, they've, they've got a contract with the bus. They have paid their bus fare. What, so they, they get off and they lose their money? They get refunded? It all gets very complicated, doesn't it? Yeah, it would do, yeah, because the thing is, if they'd have got on and that space hadn't been available, they might have decided to wait for another bus and go to that other bus. Do we need... And this will co- I tell you why this won't happen because it will cost a fortune. But I have been um, when I, when we had the buggy, I have had to let three, four, five buses go past because there's not room. You get two buggies on and that's it. 
Um, and um, I've had a, a, a row with the, the bus driver before because there was one buggy in the space, but she had it at an angle. And he said, there's no room. I said, well, if she were to just just shunt that across, I could... F- there's no room, mate. I said, no, if she were to... Do we need to make buses more space for, for buggies and, and wheelchairs? Is that what we need to do? Because could we really, in 2014, leave disabled people in wheelchairs waiting at bus stops for 40 minutes? I wonder whether we just get rid of all the seats. Like, like an airport transfer. Like an airport transfer. I mean, people fall over in that, but apart from, once we get used to it, we'll be all right, won't we? Stack them on. There's something, there's something in that. You need to have a few seats for the lazy and the elderly. Same thing. Um, well, the tired. It'd be a really, really long journey if you had to stand up. Sometimes well, it'd be the same length. Yeah, but it could, if it's an hour and you're standing up. But if it meant... That there'd be a few seats going kind to of scattered around, but if it, m- it meant maybe you could pay more for seating, oh, this is wonderful. You pay more for premium seating. Or all the seats are upstairs. The seats are upstairs, and downstairs the priority is to wheelchairs and buggies. And if Boom. You, we've solved it. But it will never happen because it would cost an absolute fortune to convert all of the buses. Now sell the chairs. Catherine. To who? Um, to a boutique um, up, upscalers. Oh, there'll be so, there'll be some poncy cafe that will um, will yeah. deck it out like yeah. a bus. Yeah. For goodness yeah. sakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh dear, what can the matter uh, be? Oh, well, you're about to give out the number. Nope. Oh wait. So you give us a call about that. Um, right, also Texas. give us a call. Would you uh, text eight one three double three? Start your text three CR. Would um, you uh, um, report somebody who you knew was pretending to be disabled to claim benefits? Sex club snub. Oh, the worst kind. Council bosses have re- refused an application... Oh, this is Friday show. Council bosses have refused an application for a lap dancing club to be opened in a city centre because of objections from whom? A charity for the blind. The proposed Lace Gentlemen's Club was due to open in Birmingham's John Bright Street next year. But Action for Blind People claimed the sex show venue would be a disruption and intimidating factor for users of its services. They're not into that kind of action. Well, I guess maybe they're feeling a little bit left out. You need to get um, someone to uh, sit beside them. The five-foot-three brunette is removing her policewoman's hat and winking suggestively. She's now turning round and it looks like she's picking up a coin. The, the descriptions... You really do. I mean, you really do speak up for people. I speak up for those that are, that are neglected. Take that to Birmingham. The the aroused blind. Take that to Birmingham, and let's never talk about it on this show again. <laughs> you know what to do with it. Ah, yeah. I'm still smarting from the fact that Dave has come up with the, the topic that's going to drive the rest of the show. So are a number of people on the text. David oh, in Puckeridge. Dave is in the minority, surely. The benefit culture is completely flawed and takes the general public to help out to end it. Luton Dave is part of the problem. Oh, Dave. David. Don't be mean to Dave. Well, well he fears um, recrimination, but he, uh, you do it anonymously. Wouldn't you? Is, it, is this culture of we are, we don't grasp people up? I remember uh, my dad came, my parents, both my parents, um, but my dad particularly came from very common stock. And um, cons- my childhood was full of um, stolen equipment. Yeah, don't ask any questions. Don't ask. We had one of the first video recorders, Betamax, in our street. In fact, the first one in my school. 
but I wasn't allowed to tell anyone about it because it was stolen. And they're, they're, that kind of culture, I guess, still uh, pers- continues, I'm going to say it, because I think it's a class thing, among certain elements of the working class. Well, look, it's not a class thing, because uh, among the upper classes, the deals are just as dodgy, but oh. they're done by paying the appropriate person. Oh, po, 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 Catherine, yeah! So we're all on the mate. We're all, we're, all we're all a banker. In certain ways, yes. You know, it's human nature to try and get a little bit more than you're entitled to. I remember... The people in the middle, like you and I, are mugs. I remember um, being seven years old and Sandy Pagliaro came to her house. Do you know who Sandy Pagliaro was? No. He was our insurance salesman from Pearl. Isn't that okay. funny? I remember his name. His name was probably pronounced Pagliaro. You don't say the G. Well, we called him Sandy Pagliaro. Fair and enough. we made a claim um, for some missing jewellery. And as he was, as Sandy Pagliaro was writing it down, I said, but, Mum, you found that diamond ring, remember? Everyone's face froze. She went, no, I didn't, Ian. I did not find that ring. What did Sandy do? He carried on writing and he, put, he wrote us a very big cheque. But I'm, she found that ring. Should I report her? I think you just did. Ouch. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are long delays on the M25. It's closed between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. It's causing queues to Junction 22 for St Albans. And the A10 southbound from the Turnford towards the M25. It's very busy with long delays because of those problems on the M25. And also in Bishop Stortford. On Stortford Road, Road, it's very slow between Bishop's Parkway and the Puckeridge Roundabout as people try to avoid those problems. On the M1 southbound, there's one lane closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of a broken down vehicle that's causing queues. No reports of any problems on the train. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, this story's taken an interesting uh, twist. (laughs) Catherine, what's the latest on the Dave um, and the disability benefits? Well, we've had a text from Phil saying if we don't dob Dave in Luton in for not dobbing in, then then we're part of the problem. Snitches get stitches, guys. And vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines report urges lessons in crime prevention. M25 closed after fatal crash and firefighters to protest in Aylesbury. BBC Three Counties Radio. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. The report says children are used to being victims of crime and some say police are only interested in them if they're being treated as suspects. Dr Helen Beckett is from the university. Part of the problem is that we as adults aren't intervening and saying, no, this isn't right. You should be able to expect more than this. It's a part an issue of them getting to see it, but it's in part an issue us as adults not intervening properly and giving them correct expectations. The M25 is closed on the Hertfordshire-Essex border after a fatal accident in the early hours of this morning. One person was killed and three others have been taken to hospital after the crash just before 2am. It's believed five lorries and two cars were involved. Various carriageway and junction closures are in place in both directions between Junction 23 for the A1M and Junction 27 for the M11. The Highways Agency say closures will be in place for several hours, possibly until midday. 
Up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury this morning, protesting over the sacking of a union member. It coincides with the latest 24-hour national strike. More from Carol Abercrombie. The Fire Brigade's union says executive member Ricky Matthews was sacked by the Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes service for taking part in a previous strike. The local fire chief, Mark Jones, challenged the legality of the strike and warned staff they could be breaking the law if they took part. Firefighters across the country are on strike today over pension changes. Tesco has issued a new profits warning. The Hertfordshire-based supermarket chain has lowered its forecast for the current financial year to no more than £1.4 billion, down 30%. The retailer said the figures reflected the steps it was taking in response to the recent accounting scandal. A Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after she was found to have sent a 17-year-old student inappropriate text messages. 38-year-old Erin Mafuz, who taught at Aylesbury College sent a number of anonymous sexually explicit messages to the boy. The National College for Teaching and Leadership has recommended to the Secretary of State that she be struck off for life. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have been greeted by angry demonstrations as they attended a basketball game in New York. A crowd outside the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn was demanding justice for the deaths of African Americans at the hands of police officers. In sport, a tough FA Cup third round draw for Watford. Number 13. 13, Chelsea, the winners in four of the last eight seasons. 40. Chelsea will be at home to Watford. Luton will be away to Cambridge or Mansfield if they win next week's replay against Bury. And Milton Keynes Dons could also be in round three after Chesterfield were charged by the FA with fielding an ineligible player in their second round win at Stadium MK on Saturday. The weather, a bright and frosty start with some hazy sunshine but clouding over by this afternoon. A maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Let's see who's behind door number nine. Dr Chetna Kang. I don't have a favourite Christmas toy because I actually can't remember one that really stands out because it was such a long time ago from my childhood. But um, my daughter, who's now seven, I bought her um, a perfume making set last year. And that has given her so much happiness, she's become like a little perfume chemist. Building up to Christmas with BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, what are we talking about? Well... Young people and crimes. What else are we talking about, Catherine? My head's gone, um, what I like to call, blank. It's reset itself. We're talking about the uh, teacher from Aylesbury College. She's been sacked for... Erin Mafuz, yes. ..for for sending messages to... um, to a 17-year-old student, male yep. student. Don't, don't, don't panic. Simon mentioned the name during the news. Don't I worry. know, but I purposely wasn't doing that because I don't think... She's been sacked. She's been told that she'll yeah. never work with children yeah. again. Yeah. My feeling was um, I'm really uncomfortable with sort of public shaming. Um, is it public... Sh- there, there, there's an interesting one. Is it, Let me get this out of the way. Hang on a second. Across beds, hearts... But would I feel differently if she Hang was on. a man? Let them finish. Let them finish. Oh, we all know. 
Is it public shaming or is it is it um, um, uh, justified reportage? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's been sacked. It's not like we're fighting an injustice. She's been sacked for sending these messages, sexually explicit messages, anonymously to a 17-year-old boy. Um, By all accounts, it was reported by another boy's mother uh, because the kids knew about it and the uh, Aylesbury College took appropriate action, got the police involved straight away. Uh, She's been fired. She will not be working with children again. Mm. Is that enough, I guess? We're talking about that. You can give us a call on that. We're also um, talking about this uh, judge's ruling that um, if uh, disabled people versus babies, if there is a mother with a baby buggy on board a bus, uh, she does not have to leave if a disabled person in a wheelchair tries to get on the bus. So in your eyes, is that right? Who's better, disabled people or babies? And kind of off the back of that, Thanks to Dave from Luton. There's a sentence I never thought I'd say. Um, uh, Dave claims he knows people who um, are faking disabilities to get benefits. Does... Is he morally obligated to report them? Well, apparently we're morally obliged mm. to report him. Uh, this is from Phil. If Dave Luton actually does know someone committing benefit fraud, rather than just being full of... As usual. Wow, nasty. Gosh. Then he's complicit Good by point, not reporting though. it. If you have Dave's details and don't at least call Crime Stoppers, then you too are part of the problem, Ian, Catherine and Kelly, says Phil. Well, now you are Phil, so you call Crime Stoppers. Yeah, you report us, Phil. Ah, you pwned him. Well done. Good, that got us out of illegal... Uh... <laughs> I don't Hornet's know whether it nest. did. Uh, Jody says in uh, Jody's in Bedfordshire. When Morning, my, Jody. When my 18-year-old was a baby, we were not able to walk on buses with pushchairs. I would have to sit my baby on the floor while I folded up the pushchair and then oh. carry on both the pushchair and baby. Failing that, I would walk. Hashtag. Just saying. Oh, don't you start that? Can't you? Um, can't you? Jody was that. Yes. You have to uh, master the baby under the arm trick. You have got actual baby under the arm while you're folding stuff up. That's what you need to be able to do. And Mick says it's got to be first come, first served on the buses. The ticket pays for the space. OK, thank you very much indeed. Something Catherine just said there set off uh, the phone system. So let's uh, see what that gets. Now, what the story we mentioned, a teacher has lost her job at Aylesbury College after sending sexually explicit texts to a teenage student. The anonymous messages, including at least one picture of her behind, were eventually reported by another boy's mother and the college called in the police. Well, the National College for Teaching and Leadership told the Secretary of State the teacher should be struck off for life. Joined now by Dave Mingay, who's a teacher himself and Secretary of Luton NUT. Morning, Dave. What's your take on this story and, and similar ones like this? Uh, it's she absolutely the wrong thing, and quite rightly she got struck off and worked with the children again. Uh, Simple as, really. Is, is, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it, is there a difference between a 50, it being a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old lad? The, the, difference, the difference here, I mean, aside from the age difference, um, uh, if she was a teacher, if she was this, this student's teacher, so she has a duty of trust and a duty of care towards that people, and she breached that trust um, quite, quite dramatically, to be honest. And that's kind of what it boils down to, isn't it? There are, there are lots of uh, uh, men uh, listening to this thinking, Fwar. but it, it's more, uh, I, you know, if they had perhaps met outside and they weren't teacher pupil, then that's a different thing. It is an abuse of power, isn't it? And, and um, uh, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's power. Yeah, it, co- it comes down to her role, and her role was was a teacher. So she's in a position of authority, she's in a position of power, and she abused that power, abused that trust. Yeah, I'm sure there are men thinking, wouldn't it be great, you know, that their early 40s, late 30s, wouldn't be wonderful to get a 17-year-old girlfriend or boyfriend? That, that's different. I yeah. mean, 
it is very different because there's no, there's no power relationship there. It's all about abusing power and abusing trust. So this person has quite rightly lost their job. Dave, how does it, how does it work? Is there a, a kind of module in teacher training where you're taught how to deal with a child of any age that, that develops a crush on you? Because having a crush on a teacher is a very natural thing. It's how the teacher handles that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if a, if a child presents themselves as having feelings towards you, it, the sensible thing to do would be to report it to the appropriate authorities, report it to your line manager, report it to your boss, um, just as it worked the other way around and this teacher was making advice on the 17-year-old and it mm. was reported. Mm. Um, and there are ways, ways of dealing with it in, in informal ways, through counselling, through talking about things that you certainly don't go around sending explicit text messages to students. Uh, well, no, exactly. And, of course, in, in this story, this was all, as far as we're aware, this was all coming uh, from uh, the teacher. Um, and, and teachers are aware of the consequences, aren't they? If, if they act on these feelings, they know that that's it, game over. Yeah, they do. Um, I wouldn't say it's spelled out in black and white, but something you shouldn't really have to spell it in black and white. Well, maybe you, maybe yeah. they do, Dave. Maybe you do need to, you know, all be told, right, get a big assembly for teachers, and you said, right, if any of you mess around with any of the pupils, whatever their age, that's it, your career is over. You are told about it. There's all sorts of... I mean, teachers are required by law to have child protection training. As part of that, child protection training has to happen annually. Everyone who works in school has to have annual child protection training. Is there As a, part of that training, you are, you are told about such things, about abuse of power, abuse of trust. Is there a difference, Dave? Because this wasn't in a school, was it? This was in a college. And, and I remember going to college, um, uh, just. And you are treated more like an adult, aren't you? Absolutely. And... Um, th- as a student gets older, you have a very different relationship. So the relationship you have between a, a teacher and a five-year-old is different to the relationship you have with a 14-year-old. And as a child gets older and develops into an adult, you have a more adult relationship and a more informal relationship. But you can have an informal relationship with someone and talk to someone as an adult and treat them like an adult while still, remain, while still keeping in place professional boundaries, which is very important. And, and finally, Dave, how much communication is there outside of school? Because, you know, obviously back in my day, you saw the teacher at school. If you saw them, um, you know, in spa outside of school, that was that would blow your mind. But now with Twitter and with Facebook and with emails, it, it, it's kind of easier, isn't it, for teachers to communicate with pupils and vice versa? It is, uh, and it, it, it can be very dangerous. Um, and teachers have to look after themselves just as people have to protect themselves, and everyone has to protect themselves. Um, we, we live in an information-free world, but information is readily available, and we just have to be very aware that communication is done through appropriate channels. Dave, good to talk to you. Thank you, Dave Mingay, Teacher and Secretary of L- uh, Luton NUT. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Part of me wonders something about this case. Yeah. Whether this is more shocking because it's a woman. And she's kind of doing what male teachers, some male teachers, have done for generations. Yeah. Because there was always stories when I was at school about, you know, certain teachers being inappropriate. But it's more shocking because it's a woman, isn't it? Didn't I mention that earlier and you poo-pooed that? No. I thought I mentioned that earlier and no, you poo-pooed it. No, I did poo-poo it. it. I think it's a result of genera- Generation X. That's what I brought into it. Did you poo-poo that? Speaking of um, poo-poo... Don't. I have never played this Candy Crush and I, 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 it looks right. It's just like Tetris, isn't it? Yeah. With, with, with fruits. Tetris with fruits. Or Bubble Witch. Okay. 
Um, well, it's, I'm sure it's, it's doing in, incredibly well now because it's because of that um, plum of an MP that was mm-hmm. caught uh, playing it. But it's the reason me and my husband don't talk very much anymore. Well, because of this Candy MP, Crush because of Nigel Mills. Oh, he's only flipping he's phone, playing Candy Crush, which to me is a girl's game, I'm going to say it. Um, well, the, the Sun have done a feature called Our Crush on Candy, Ugh. and there is a woman there who could only be described as really weird-looking. Gemma, 30. I played it while I was giving birth to my son. Singing teacher Gemma Whittle says she's so addicted to Candy Crush, she played it while giving birth to her baby boy, Finn. Blimey. Um, she's so mad about Candy Crush, she's even writing a cabaret act about it, which she hopes to perform at the Edinburgh Festival. She says, we've written a song about how Candy Crush ruins your life. That's not necessarily a cabaret act unless that song lasts 45 minutes. (laughs) Well, people might come on dressed as the fruit. Well, she's dressed up as a fruit. There's also, um, she's only, she's level 165, whereas Lisa, 42, is level 197. I don't, um, my husband lies next to me, very romantic, playing Scrabble online. If he dressed up as a striped candy, maybe I'd give him some attention. Well, she gave him some attention. She had a baby, didn't she? No, this is, this is someone else. Oh, this is, this is Lisa now. We've moved on from Gemma. She admits, my children say, mummy's crushing again. Oh, dear. And then Jackie, who's 56, she's only on level 117, so I don't think we need Jackie's opinion. They all just need a toy like Tony Blackburn's, don't they? They did, they're on Tony Blackburn's. I never played this. I've never played the Minecraft, either, which I believe is, is thoroughly entertaining. No, but at a certain point um, in my younger years, I did get obsessed with The Sims. Um, yeah, I, I never dug The Sims. I, I, might, I might start sniffing around Second Life, see if anybody's no, still don't. there. No, it's very... It's a, it's you can a, be... It's a horrible place. You can be whatever you want on Second Life. Yeah, as long as you, you know... There's a lot of whipping goes on. Yep, exactly. But it don't hurt, and it's cheaper. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are some serious problems. It's closed clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. That's causing clockwise queues from Junction 22 for St Albans and also means there's no access from Junction 24 or 25 to the M25. Elsewhere on the M25, clockwise, there's two lanes closed between Junction 21A for St Albans and 22 for London Coney. That's causing queues to Junction 21 for the M1 after a lorry has jackknifed there. In Welling Garden City, the A414 in both directions Directions is queuing between Birchall Lane and the Hartford Turnoff with people trying to avoid the problems on the M25 and it's also looking very busy at the moment in Little Haddam on Stortford Road there are long delays in both directions between Aubrey and Bishop Stortford having a look at the M1 southbound there's a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road it's very heavy past there with debris on the road and in Berkhamstead the A41 eastbound is queuing between the Chesham Turnoff and Tring because uh, of just general morning rush hour Congestion. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.16, it's Tuesday the 9th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. One person has been killed and three others have been taken to hospital after a multi-vehicle collision which has closed the M25 on the Hertfordshire-Essex border. Children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. And a Buckinghamshire teacher has been sacked after sending sexually explicit text messages to a student at Aylesbury College. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Don't try looking for a pair of working headphones here. It's the BBC, for goodness sakes. Gosh. Here we go. Morning. Here we go. Morning. <laughs> you're right. I'm very well. You're, you're looking a little tired. You all right? You're... Uh, the, the rough night's sleep. My, my boys aren't very well. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious because tonight um, I have my first session with a personal trainer. Uh, first session in many, many years with a personal trainer. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm dreading Prepared it. Prepared to not be able to move tomorrow. Yep. And indeed the day after. I'm dreading it, mate. I'm dreading it. What was I thinking? I was thinking I want to get fit. No, I don't want to get fit. Have you gone with a man or a woman? Woman. A woman, huh? Um, I want a woman to shout at me. My my friend Tara is a personal trainer. Yes. And uh, she said to me once, she said, I'll come to the gym with you and uh, I'll give you a session if you want. I said, oh, lovely. You know, free session. Beautiful. I love a free session. I have never been in so much pain in my entire life. Mm. Literally every part of me was on fire. Was there any gain from that pain? Um, what, from one session? Because I've heard that if you don't have pain, then you just won't get gain. Yeah, yeah, you've got to have pain. So was, was but there I, I nearly threw up at the end of it. Oh. That's the other thing. You, you might be sick. Oh, OK, romantic. It's yeah. quite common with your first uh, personal training session, particularly back at the gym, that you'd get to a point where you suddenly, all the colour goes from your cheeks, yeah. and the personal trainer will say, do you want to have a sit down? You're looking a little bit pale. And then they sit there with their nice bodies, and you sit there mm. as a kind of lumpy, flabby mess, yeah. sweaty yeah. mess, feeling sick, and you just feel pathetic. I've had a stitch for two and a half years. Right. What, just constantly? Just a constant stitch, you know, like you used to get when you did cross-country at school. I've just had a stitch. You sure it's not an appendicitis? Oh, crikey, it's quite painful. <laughs> well, I will report back tomorrow and let you know how it goes. What's on your I show can't today? wait. Yeah, neither can I. Uh, coming up on the big phone in this morning, was Lady Jenkin right when she said poor people can't cook? Oh. Conservative peer Lady Jenkin has apologised for saying poor people can't cook. She explained to the BBC that what she should have said is that we've lost the art of teaching the next generation how to prepare food. However, she argues the point is still valid and that if more people had cooking skills, they wouldn't be eating so much pre-prepared food. Well, of course, yesterday on the big phone we spoke about the fact that uh, so many people are having to rely on food banks Mm. in order to survive. And I just wonder... Is there some truth in what Lady Jenkins said? Is one of the reasons why so many people who are on a very limited budget are struggling to afford to buy food is that they don't really know how to cook. Mm. And if you don't really know how to cook, you don't know how to cook on a budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I... Do you remember last year I did that living on £53 for the week? Yes. And I did it. Yeah. And I did it largely by eating mince, mm. which I know is not the most exciting thing in the world, but mince is cheap. Yeah. And you can make loads of meals with mince, and it lasts for ages. You can freeze it. Yeah. I wonder whether lots of people just don't know how... You know, you give them a, give them a box of mince and say, <clears throat> go and cook that. They just don't know what to do Oh, I'm with sure it. there are lots of people that can't cook. But also, with the food banks, those people quite often haven't got the £53, because they're kind of stuck in that crack between being told they're going to get benefits and then six weeks later getting benefits. So they haven't got that money. Well, we had a, a call from a lady yesterday, and it was, it was a really, really um, a heartbreaking call, really. She was saying that there was a point... Thankfully, she's no longer in this position. Yeah. But there was a point where she was having to eat her children's leftovers... That's all she could afford Gosh. because they didn't have any more money. Yeah. So she would cook her, her children food and then she would sit there at the table and the minute they'd finished their food and they'd left, she, would then, she would then eat what was left on the plate. Yep. That, to me, 
suggests that you know she really didn't have a lot of money at all yeah. to be able to buy that to buy enough food for the family mm. but i wonder and I, I don't know if she's listening it was d who called in yesterday i'd be very interested to hear from her again this morning i wonder whether she can cook i mean is it a case of loads of of people of a certain generation now just don't know how to assemble a meal with cheap ingredients i mean how many people go to their butcher and say what's the cheapest cut of meat you've got have you got some liver have you got some offal can mm. i buy that i'm going to cook something i'm going to make a pie out of it or awful pie i'm going to serve it up with mashed potato mm. how many people would do that and one of the points that lady jenkin was making yesterday was that she had had porridge for breakfast and she said that the cost of my breakfast was 4p yeah well do people know how to make porridge or do people just go to the supermarket and buy a box of sugar sugar laden cereal for x amount of money and just mix that with milk and ultimately they could have a much much cheaper breakfast if they knew how to assemble it from nine this morning i'd love your views on this was lady jenkin right when she said poor people can't cook oh eight four five nine four double five five double five Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> do, do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delish. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great conversation. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think I have. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three I Counties Radio. I love the fact that somebody called Lady Whatever is um, telling poor people that they don't know how to cook. Different world, love. Different world, isn't it? Completely different world. We live in a different planet. And the reason a lot of people are using uh, food banks, yeah, there are a couple of chances, a couple of skivers, but um, a lot of them are using them because they, f- they haven't got any money at all because they are falling between the cracks. They've had their benefits um, uh, cut or they've been told they're going to get benefits, but it takes six weeks for them to get them. Lots to talk about this morning, please. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Who's better, disabled people or babies? It's a slightly flippant question for a serious discussion. Uh, the judge ruled yesterday that um, if there's a baby uh, on a buggy um, that um, is on a bus and then uh, a disabled person comes up and wants to get on the bus, the, the baby in the buggy doesn't have to move. Doesn't have to move. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. And kind of on the back of that, we spoke to Dave from Luton, and um, he told us that he was aware of some people who were um, uh, pretending to be disabled. They were in uh, wheelchairs, but they didn't really need them. It was just to claim benefits. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is it Dave's responsibility to report those people? He didn't want to. He didn't, he didn't, didn't want feel to. right about it, did he? Didn't feel right about it. And uh, it's uh, snitches get stitches. Well, Evan Luton said he wouldn't, uh, or, he, or she wouldn't either, oh. um, on the text. And uh, Tony says, don't be silly, you don't snitch on your own, you report the others. Well, who are the others? What does that mean? The others, that's um, a line from Lost. What, what does that mean? You don't, you don't snitch on your own? Well, uh, who are my own? 
Unless he means you've got to be with someone when you snitch. I don't Back think up. he means that. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you, what would you like to have a whinge about today, boss? I just wanted to say about this, about the disabled. There, there, there may be, there probably is a very tiny proportion of people who, who cheat like that with wheelchairs. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got to be very, very careful because the vast bulk of people using wheelchairs yeah. are genuine. Yeah. And we don't want people discriminating against them, which is easy if you raise any sort of hullabaloo about it. Well, but, that, but then by not raising a hullabaloo about it, and by the way, five points for saying hullabaloo, <laughs> uh, by not raising a hullabaloo about it, then you're, you're kind of you're, you're discriminating against actual disabled people because it feels oh, we can't talk about it in case real disabled people get upset no, and actually we... real disabled people are more upset about this than probably anyone else because oh, yes. they're the ones who have to you know put tighten their belts as a result i agree with that but we should point out it's a very very tiny minority well, well you've pointed it out I, I don't feel it's it's necessary to do that but you've done that and i think i think most people are aware Peter, that 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 it's only a small people who are chances. Uh, well, yes, uh, we've got, but we've got chances in in tax evasion as well. We don't talk about that enough. Well, and well, <laughs> and we we can talk about Starbucks and Googles and and, and uh, all of the others as well. You know, I th- I think we do. We have to address both ends of the spectrum, balance, don't we? A balance. We yes. have to get a balance. Yeah, Peter. Do you know what I've realised we've not done for ages? What's that? Hang on a second. Morning. I'm not singing to you. Come on, Pete, here we go. I'm not here singing. Here we go. Peter. Hear me now. We wish you a reggae Christmas. No, no, We wish no, no, you no, no. a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Peter. My reindeer didn't like that one little bit. Oh, did it do a whoopsie on the carpet? <laughs> you got a Christmas tree up yet, Pete? Pardon? Have you got a Christmas tree up yet? No, not yet. When, when are you going to get one? I've got, I've got one of the ones that all light up. You know. Oh. Oh, microfiber. Classy, yeah. Peter. Yeah, when, right, when are you going to uh, put it up? It, no, I'm, I'm just uh, collecting the cards first before I. Uh, oh. Put it up. OK. Well, there's not long to go, Pete. It'll be over in a few weeks. I know. Good. <laughs> oh, bar humbug. Oh, Peter. Oh, well, you see, well, you see, for us older ones, yeah. the holiday period is very, very quiet. You you don't get to do your normal things out with your friends, that sort of thing. Yeah. We'll go for a Christmas. I'll go for a Christmas meal and that sort of thing. Yeah. But... You've not got many left, Peter. Make the uh, most of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, that is a very cheerful Christmas <laughs> wish, that's it. <laughs> Peter, always good to talk to you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Tata, I think we've, we're softening Peter's heart. Aww. Aren't we? Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's counting them off now. Just, you've got to grab each Christmas something by the I balls. Re- something, by I the realize, something I realise about Peter is, yeah. secretly, he loves it. He does love it, doesn't he? He does love it. He hey, does love it. You yes. know, we were talking about those uh, rubbish suits, Christmas suits, um, that they were um, talking about in the papers yesterday. Oh, these are kind of very bright the suits, the, kind of similar in style to the Christmas jumpers that became fashionable last year. Yeah, don't do it, guys. That guy, uh, Richard Arnold, off of the ITV, this is the morning oh, wake he's up the and showbiz, shine. the showbiz expert. He's got one on. What a plug. To be a showbiz expert... You just have to read heat. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Just, that's all you need to do. During my maternity leave, I could have been a showbiz expert. I could be a royal correspondent now.
I could do you, interview me. Okay, so, um, well, uh, with the latest on uh, the Prince and the Duchess and their visit to New York, we go to our royal correspondent, Catherine Ball. Catherine, give us uh, give us an update. Thank you very much indeed. Well, of course, uh, Kate is quite pregnant at the moment, so she'll be wearing mostly dresses with a little bit of uh, bump room or room for a food baby as well, because they're going to be having a lot to eat in New York. It's a city that never sleeps and a city that never stops eating. And whereabouts have they been in New York? All over the shop. And I believe Kate did uh, one of her uh, first solo missions. Whereabouts did she go? She did. She went to Harlem, where she did the Harlem Shuffle, met some children and wrapped some presents. Because that, my friend, is what princesses do in New York. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is closed clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11. It's causing queues to Junction 22 for St Albans and it's also uh, being added to by the M25 clockwise having two lanes closed between Junction 21A for St Albans and 22 for uh, for London Coney, that's causing queues to Junction 21 for the M1 because of a lorry that's jackknifed there as well. And the, in Hardison on the A10 southbound, it's queuing southbound between Ware and Enfield and the M25 because of the closures. And in Welling Garden City, the A414 is queuing in both directions between Birchall Lane and the Hartford turnoff with people using that as a diversion. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of a breakdown. And in Flittick on Malden Road. It's blocked because of an accident at Hatfield Road. That's causing some problems as well. On the trains, East Coast have possible delays between Stevenage and King's Cross because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. One person has been killed and three others have been taken to hospital after a multi-vehicle collision which has closed the M25 on the Hertfordshire-Essex border. It's believed five lorries and two cars were involved in the crash just before two o'clock this morning. Up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury this morning, protesting over the sacking of a union member from Milton Keynes. And children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention, according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bed- Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have been drawn away to Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup, the fourth FA Cup meeting between the two sides since 2004, and a return to Stamford Bridge for the Hornets manager, Slavisa Jukanovic. Luton and Milton Keynes Dons could join Watford in the third round, as Jeff Doyle reports. Watford will go to Jose Mourinho's Chelsea at the beginning of January. The Premier League leaders have been in superb form this season and only lost for the first time in the Premier League on Saturday. If Luton beat Berry in their replay next week, they'll face a trip to either Mansfield or Richard Money's Cambridge United. Meanwhile, MK Dons victors on Saturday, Chesterfield, have been charged by the FA with a breach of FA Cup rules after allegedly fielding an ineligible player, George Margretta, in their second round win at Stadium MK. The club has until five o'clock on Thursday to reply to the charge. So the Don- could take Chesterfield's place away to Scunthorpe or non-league Worcester. Elsewhere in the draw, AFC Wimbledon hosts Liverpool. Arsenal face Hull in a repeat of last season's final. Manchester United will be away to Yeovil or Accrington. Meanwhile, United are up to third in the Premier League after two Robin Van Persie goals gave them a 2-1 win at Southampton last night. At times, we were a bit sloppy here and there. Um, uh, when you're playing against a good team, uh, it becomes difficult. And uh, yeah, we... 
we we sort of felt that at times, and um, uh, we had we had a couple of chances, but not many today. Uh, so that's why. It's even better feeling that, that we got the points. Tonight in the Champions League, Liverpool must win at home to Basel to reach the knockout stages. Arsenal, who have already qualified, are away to Galatasaray. In the FA Youth Cup, Stevenage host Everton with a 7 o'clock kickoff at the Lamex Stadium. And in Conference South, Hemel Hempstead hosts Staines. Bishop Stortford go to Bromley. In the Southern League Premier, Biggleswade hosts Chesham. Burnham are at Histon. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new Just keep moving on Down this road That never seems to end When you adventure Lies just around the bend So if you want to join me For a while Just grab your hat Come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow The whole world is my home So We spoke to Dave from Luton earlier on, who I think for the first time in two years actually came up with something that we wanted to talk about. By accident, because he didn't want to talk about it. No, we were talking about um, who's better, disabled people or babies. If you've just tuned in, it's not quite as offensive as it sounds. Well, then Dave went off on a little tangent. Do you see these people getting on these uh, buses in wheelchairs that when they get to the other end, they get out of that wheelchair and start walking... Oh, well, that, in that case, that's, that's a fiddle. That's a fiddle. Well, yeah, but this is happening, Dennis, in, even in Luton. Yeah. I know people that get into a wheelchair. They don't need that wheelchair. They're just doing it for benefits. Well, 
Oh, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Dave. Yes. I don't believe you. You don't, you? I don't believe you know people who are using... I a w- let, let me finish. I don't believe you know people who are using a wheelchair just to get benefits. Yes, they do, mate. Why don't you report them? No, it's not my job to report them. It's, in that not, it's not... Here we go. Here we go. Oh, no, this is, we, no, uh, no. Let's get Justin back, because we've got the Vox now. Kath, we've, we've got what we're going to talk about. Is it... This is for Justin. Is it Dave and Luton's responsibility to report to the authorities people that he knows are pretending to be disabled to claim benefits? No, you don't think it's your responsibility? I, should, I, yeah, I should do, uh, boss, but... Then do it. it. There's things in your mind that you can't do it. Why? You just can't do it. But Tell I me see, what's in your I mind, don't... Dave. Oh, don't. Pardon? Tell me what's in your mind. What's that still no, no, small voice saying? No, you can't, you're spitting on someone, and there's retaliations, isn't it? You don't do dobbing, do you, Dave? Pardon? You don't do dobbing, do you, Dave? Well, no, but you, you'll have re- retaliation. No, there won't. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be completely anonymous. So you you reckon you reckon you know people who use wheelchairs uh, yes. to claim benefits? Yes, sir. Right. So they're, steal, they're stealing money out of your pocket. Well, not 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 now because I don't pay taxes to it. Okay. Well, why is this man not paying taxes? Let's let's report him to the authorities. I think he is. I don't think he realises he oh. is. <laughs> Maybe he's not. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is it Dave's responsibility to report these people? Justin. Absolutely unbelievable. Hearing that again, I make the same point I made around an hour ago. Well, why is Dave coming on the radio? Almost like, look what I know. Um, he's prepared to tell you and our listeners about these people, but he's not prepared to tell the people who really matter, the authorities. I just find it very. Very, very strange. So I've taken this one to the streets this morning, getting reaction uh, to what Dave had to say, also asking people what Dave should do and what they would do if they were in a similar situation. Some very interesting stuff coming up here. Here's what people had to say. Well, I think they should be told because um, people who really claim uh, need benefits can't claim for them. I've seen them myself where they've, they've got into wheelchairs and then when they've got out to go shopping, they can walk perfectly well. So if it was one of your friends, you, you would effectively grasp them up then? I think I would probably because he's, he's, he's abusing the system. I mean, Dave's saying it's, it's not my place. How can I put this without sounding too offensive? Do you think he's a weak person for not making that call? I think he's a very weak person. You've got to stand up for yourself. And I mean, I'm class as disabled, but, you know, I wouldn't abuse the system. What about yourself, sir? Would you grass a friend up? Yeah, I, would. I mean, Dave in Luton hasn't, but, but you would. Yeah, definitely, if he was abusing the system and that. Oh, no, no problem at all. So you wouldn't be worried about any, any payback if you were to make that call? You wouldn't no, be worried about that at all? No, none at all. They deserve what they get. I mean, even if it's a close friend, they still deserve what they get. If it was a close friend, boy, I'd be even more probably upset because he's a close friend of mine and he's, he's abusing the system and, well, I can't. What would you do, John? If you knew somebody was claiming benefits illegally by using wheelchairs, would you phone the authorities or would you grass on them? No, I wouldn't, personally. I'd want to find out a bit more about his personal circumstances before doing something like that. Really? David Luton has phoned our programme this morning and he says that he knows people in this town who are using wheelchairs to claim benefits illegally, but he hasn't told the authorities. Would you make the call yourself? If it was one of your friends, would you make that call? Yes, definitely, because you know, most people here pay taxes and their taxes are being wasted on someone who's not telling the truth. So even if it was somebody you'd known for years, a really good friend of yours, you would still make the call, would you? Yeah, probably. 
So what do you think about Dave, who's, who's sitting there doing absolutely nothing? You're going to work today. I'm at work today. We're paying for these people. What do you think about Dave? Probably needs to man up a bit and just tell the truth. Doesn't cost anything to tell the truth. There you go. So uh, most people this morning, yeah. Snitches get stitches. Well, you know, but people this morning hearing it, if they were in a similar situation, they would make the call. But the majority of people I've spoken to this morning, they firmly believe, yes, it's Dave's responsibility. He may have known these people for years, but you heard there, these people, they don't believe in okay. people taking the mickey out of the system, and if it was a long friend, they wouldn't care less. It would be their responsibility. They would do what they believe is the right thing for us. Ever paid cash in hand, Just? Uh, every now and again, yeah. Because there's a strong chance that when you pay cash in hand, that that person's somehow fiddling the system, whether it be benefits mm, or mm. it be not declaring and, and not paying proper tax. Quite possibly. But then again, you know, I've worked on, on disco rigs for many years and I've taken uh, a lot of cash in hand, but it's still gone through the books. And I think if you're going to pay somebody, uh, you would certainly hope that, that everything would be legit and above board. But oh, I think it's on. a different we've, situation. We've all, we've all had, and it is a slightly different situation, but we've all had, you know, someone come around and do some work in our house or something and um, we, we, we've given it they, they'll say look it's, if, if you want to go through the books it's, it's 80 quid or it's 50 yep. quid cash in hand no I get that but I think if somebody if you're going to work day in day out and you are working extremely hard and I, whether I don't it's know a, what that means okay, but if on, you're yeah. working really hard and a lot of people do nowadays you know a lot of people doing two or three jobs at once because um, they, they need that money if you know somebody whether it's uh, somebody you've known for a couple of years or you've known them all of your life if they are fiddling the system, the majority of people this morning, friend or not, they would still phone the authorities, okay. do something about it, which, of course, Dave is clearly not doing. How much um, to book you for a disco, for a party <laughs> next year? Um, if it's through the books, uh, 300. Um, cash, in hand. cash in hand, 200. Thank you very much indeed, Dealey. Cash in hand, disco Dealey. <laughs> Diane's on the line. Morning, Diane. Good morning. I think you want to talk more about this bus story, don't you? The disabled uh, versus the baby. Um, yes, I am. I'm not averse to the baby, right? That's, yeah. that's for a start off. I love children. I always have yeah. to. So you, you don't hate babies? No, I don't not a baby hate hater. babies. Good. And I wouldn't take space for a baby's right. No. Now, I have a heart problem. I had cancer and now... I'm having a big art problem. I really need an art bypass, so Blimey. I have to use a wheelchair, right? Yeah. Because of my breathing, I can't walk too far a distances. When yeah. my son takes me out on the bus, which is very rare because they've never got room for wheelchairs, um, he takes me out on the bus, the wheelchair is folded, and I can walk onto the bus, and I can walk off of the bus, uh. but not in a large distance, obviously. Yeah. So he folds my wheelchair up. So maybe some other people could fold their wheelchairs up and stop this baby issue. I can sit next to a baby and love a baby. And I, could, I don't know if you heard Dave earlier on. He was saying that he's seen people um, mm. use wheelchairs and then they get up and walk away. Uh, and he thinks that they are swinging the lead. He could, in, in some respect, Diane, be talking about you. If he saw you well, get pushed up in a wheelchair, then then kind of get out and walk a little yeah. bit, he might be suspicious that, that, that you're kind of yeah. pulling his leg a bit. Well, yeah, he could do, but he was always welcome to come and live with me. Oh, blimey, that's very forward, me. Diane! <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my husband wouldn't like it. Oh, but, OK. But help me around the house as well and things like that. But I should also like to put in, I am in that situation and I do not claim benefits. Well, there Not you go. everybody that's in a wheelchair 
claim benefits. Uh, Diane, listen, thank you very much indeed. We have to move on, but uh, uh, thank you very much indeed. 08459 is the telephone number. Uh, you can set. We've got any texts, Kath, before we go to Trav's? Let's have a look. look the boot up the text machine. It's a computer that I don't have access to. Anonymous. I know people who abuse the benefit system with the care benefits that they don't need, and I've emailed the fraud line, but nothing's happened. I might do it again, as it's a disgrace, especially as I heard the LBC call from Monday. I think he's talking about the call from someone who couldn't afford to eat. I don't know what that's re- reference to. To a different uh, radio station. Oh, I don't... I'm sure they're very good. Oh, anonymous, no, don't listen to that what rubbish. What are you doing? They're a, they're a bunch of Muppets, so they can't get real presenters, so they just give out um, shows to politicians all the flipping time. Don't listen to those Muppets unless they're hiring. Are they hiring? Oh, they might be. Hey, they're they're like, I like them a lot. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise has severe delays between Junction 23 for the A1M and Junction 22 for St Albans. It's closed between Junction 23 and 27 for the M11 after a serious accident. It also means that from a Junction... It- Junction 24 and 25, there's no access onto the M25 from there. Elsewhere on the M25 clockwise, there's two lanes closed between Junction 21A for St Albans and 22 for London Coney. That's causing queues from Junction 21 for the M1 for another accident where a lorry has jackknifed. Now, there's long delays in Watford on the A405 northbound. It's queuing between Mount Pleasant Lane and the M25. In Broxbourne, Chestnut Wash is queuing southbound between Halfide Lane and Swanfield Road. And the A1M southbound is queuing from Well. Garden City towards the M25 as a result of all those problems on the M25. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of a broken down vehicle. That's causing some delays. And in Amersham on the Gore Hill southbound, it's looking very heavy between the A413 and London Road on speed sensors. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.46. It is Tuesday the 9th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. One person has been killed and three others have been taken to hospital after a multi-vehicle collision which has closed the M25 on the Hertfordshire-Essex border. Up to 2,000 firefighters are expected to join a demonstration in Aylesbury this morning, protesting over the sacking of a union member from Milton Keynes. And children and young people should have lessons in crime prevention. That's according to a report from Victim Support and the University of Bedfordshire. Andy, stay there. We will come to you after the weather with Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's a chilly start. The temperature's just, just above freezing. One degree at Luton Airport at the moment. We do have some brightness in the sky. It won't last all day, though, because we will see it clouding over from the west, and that's going to trap in all the cold air that we've had so far today. So, temperature today, five or six degrees, really not up to much, and we'll have to add in a strengthening wind as well. It will stay dry through the daylight hours. It won't be long after dark, though, that we see some rain starting to show up, and that will be moderate as we go through the night on and off. Um, The wind will continue to increase and weirdly enough, temperatures will be on the way up towards midnight. For a time, we'll be at about 10 or 11 degrees. But once the clouds and the rain has cleared away towards the east, the skies will be clear enough for the temperatures to fall back again to about 4 or 5 degrees. So we start the day tomorrow with slightly lighter winds, but it will certainly be noticeable through the day, that breeze, and there will be some lovely sunshine. The breeze may bring in one or two showers, but they'll be the exception rather than the 
rule. And temperatures will be a tiny bit higher at 7 or 8 degrees. Tempered, though, of course, by the wind. Thursday's very similar, largely bright and breezy. Thursday night's tricky. There's going to be some wet weather and possibly some very windy weather as well. We'll keep you posted, of course. Thursday nights are always tricky. Every weekday from three. Is the best thing just to run away to a hotel somewhere? A little bit of fun. I've got a feeling that this argument unfolds in every house. The latest news. New regulations allowing parents to share the care of their child in the first year after birth come into force today. Personal Genome Service claims to offer access to more than 100 pieces of genetic information about your health. A little bit of everything. Because if you haven't got baby Jesus in nativity, then it's not a nativity, is it? Let me bring you up to speed with some local news. Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. What's your comment? We'll talk films and science fiction. Fascination with science fiction films. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's be Avenue. Yep, correct. She's got slightly wonky eyes. We're talking about Katie from um, CBBC. CBBS, who I think really is not only a wonderful talent, but also a decent, thoroughly good human being. Francis, her. And, and I, I said he's, um, well... You said she was rubbish. No, I just think she's a rotten singer, and I have this argument oh. with my children all the time, and they never listen. Um, they think she's an excellent singer, and I think she's awful. She's, she is brilliant. She is great. Yeah, she fills those genes really, really well, and it's a pleasure watching those programmes, although my boys are starting to grow out of those programmes, which is disappointing, because I like watching them. Um, and you're I just have jealous. Another, have another son. Or daughter. All right, yeah, fine, I'll do and that then. to watch it longer. I'll do that then. I All think right. Katie is one of our great talents, and I think that you are just jealous. Uh, jealous of... The fact that she can cook. She can't. She can cook. She doesn't. She does cook on the programme, I Can Cook. But then she does the mushroom I'm a good face cook, and the look bro- what I can do. Oh, no, that's... Um, that's the big sto- pants. Yeah. Anyway... Don't do this now. Let's talk to Andy and Letcher. Don't. The thing is, no, no, no. Listen, no. We're going to fall out. No, we've fallen out. All because I'm saying is, if you want to um, uh, trash my dreams and uh, uh, defecate on my heroes, oh, don't no, do I didn't it. want to do that. Don't do well, it when I'm in the middle of a radio show, mate. Listen, do it afterwards. Listen, you can have Katie. Can I leave Andy to me? Andy Peters. No. Andy Crane. Although, yeah. You can, you can have Andy Crane then. Yeah. So are these all CBBS people? Well, yeah. Go on. What about Alex? I feel sorry for Alex. Who's Alex? No. Oh, he's only tiny. Tiny Alex? They listen to this, those guys. Oh, yeah, definitely then. Okay. How tiny is Alex? He's much taller tiny than enough. you. Yeah, tiny enough. Say. Let's talk to Andy and Letchworth. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Um, I'm, um, uh, I'm okay. I'm a frustrated parent, but I'm okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you got for us? Right, okay. So, talking about the the whole claiming thing and, uh, you know, people doing it fraudulently. I've got a cousin that I saw at a wedding a couple of years ago. I haven't seen her for a lot of years in between that. She, I was livid by the time she was talking to me. She basically introduced herself. I've got and seen you for ages now. She said that she's a professional claimer when I asked her what she does. A professional claimer? Go on. professional claimer. So I said, well, what does that entail? And she said, well... Obviously, I'm disabled. I've got a BMW outside. It's a BL BMW. Lots and lots of seats for all these children. She's got more kids than you could possibly imagine. And she Seven. basically she basically has a house. It's around the Mayfair area in London that we're paying for with a swimming pool. 
because she can't cope with the amount of kids she's got and she claims to be ill. I, um, I, um, I don't believe that. I believe that that's, that's what she told you, but I don't believe... She's not got a swimming pool. I've confirmed that it's 100% true. I couldn't believe it. And I, I, to be honest with you, I can't talk to her ever again, you know. To me, it was just like, well, goodbye. What's her disability? Well, she says she's got FMS from my other Now, I've got FMS. A lot of people in my family have, and I work... Got what? Fibromyalgia, it's called. Right, OK. Oh, FMS. I thought you said SMS. Yeah, I thought it was a mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go yeah. on, right. I've got it. I work, you know. But maybe she's got it worse. She's worked all the time. Some people do get ill with it. Yeah. But when she was dancing around the, open, around the dance floor... Oh. Oh, yeah, she bought up this electric scooter thing she had and got up and started dancing around and you're thinking, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, did she drop it like it was hot? She was. Thank you, Andy, thank you very much indeed. I don't really, wanna... I mean, that does take the mickey. We've got to be careful, OK, because I don't want to... Um become one of those shows where we're knocking benefits because I genuinely think that most people claiming benefits um, are doing it because they've fallen on hard times. And we also get told that the testing these days is really stringent, even for people who, just from the description of their illness, you know that they have good days and bad days and sometimes the the tests don't show it up. With the greatest respect to Andy, I don't believe that um, that woman had a swimming pool and a big BMW all from benefits. I don't believe. There I don't might believe be a bit that. of boasting going on. I don't know. But from what Andy was saying to me is that they had to find a reasonably sized house yeah. because she had a lot of children, yeah. and they were renting it, you know, from a private landlord. Sew it up. Know. Pardon? Sew it up. The house. Yeah. Why not? Pam's in High Wycombe. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, Pamela? I just like. <laughs> I just like to Pamela. say, Pamela. <laughs> what would you like to say, Pamela? Naughty the, I can't remember the name of the um, the gentleman who called. I'm talking about um, people using wheelchair. Dave from uh, Luton, yes. Yes, and and they're only doing it to claim benefit. Yeah, but I don't believe that because to buy a, one of those chairs, you know the cost of them. Yeah, you get them, si- you get them free. Six hundred? No, you don't. You get them free from occupational therapy. No, not not those one that you you go along in the. And the road with you no, have you, to buy the, them. No, the the, the um, um, I'm trying to find the phrase that's acceptable to say. Not the the electric buggies, but you, my mum's got a, an electric wheelchair that would cost about two grand. She got it for free. Occupational health, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, but you have to go to different stages. They have to um, they test you from one. You got to the assess. But I yes. could totally fake being disabled. No, because you have to have a doctor to test you. You have to have certificate, and they ask you so much a question when yeah. you go there. Yeah, can you walk? No. Try and walk over there. Oh, I can't. Yes, oh, I've fallen. Then, then they have sometimes people follow you without you even knowing that. Well, then you keep it up. How could you keep it? <laughs> you keep it. I I could. Eat, uh, bless my mum. When my mum was um, was getting really ill, right? She, she's in a wheelchair. She can't really do a lot, and she had to go and be assessed every year to, to see whether she was going to get disability um, living allowance and all those things. And she, my mum, she couldn't walk at this point. Oh, and bless her. She said, "All right, and when we go, to, sorry, when we go to the doctors, I'm going to try. I'm going to fake my illness a bit and make it a bit worse." I said, "Mum, you don't need to. You can't walk. You can't. He's going to give you a form to sign. You can't even sign it. You don't need." She was so terrified that she would be declared fit to. But I, you can fake those things easily. And I'm not saying people should, but I, if you needed to, I could. And then well, you get a free wheelchair. I, Beautiful. I know someone who went, and that person is really, really ill, yeah. and still they fail her. Yeah. And then what happened the next week? She she collapsed. And she was in um, 
unconsciousness for a long time. Blimey. So yeah. I, I find it really hard to believe that people is going about faking things like that. I don't think there's many. I don't think there's many. And I'm not... Uh, do you think it's Dave's responsibility to... Should Dave dob? Yes, if I know someone is, is doing it and there are other people out there who generally need help, yeah. then I, I would tell. Pamela, nice to talk to you. OK, thanks. You're Bye. a very naughty lady. Speak to you again. Bye. Bye-bye. There we go. That's, 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 the, that's the noise I wanted at the end. Stop doing that. That's the noise I wanted at the end, and I got it. Stop tickling the guests. <laughs> because Dave Luton will expect the same treatment. Dave is not getting uh, tickled. Uh, can I read... There's a story I wanted to read, because I'd never heard of this woman, Zoella. Yes, I have. She's in um, Band-Aid now, isn't she? Yeah, she's a YouTuber. It's a, a profession now. Video blogger Zoella is temporarily quitting the internet. Right. She doesn't need it anymore. She's written a book. Well, she hasn't. She's had help. And that's the thing. Because she's not written the book. That it's like she's, Her book, Girl Online, sold 78,000 copies in its first week. The highest figures for a new writer. Outsold the first week of J.K. Rowling. All of those people. And then it turns out that she didn't write the book. It was ghostwritten. Of course. But is anyone surprised by this? These people online, I started following them about a year ago and yeah. I followed one and then they referenced their friend and it seems like they're all really nice kind of clean-cut teenagers who've got some top tips and actually they're, they're flogging new products as well because they're, they're sent... It starts out with a makeup tutorial and it ends up with a kind of lifestyle thing. Anyway, so you end up with them all. I thought, gosh, these people are great. Why aren't they on telly? I wonder who you would write to. Look, and it's, it's a management company. Yeah, and right. that's when you realise it's all part of this kind of stealth sale. The 24-year-old admitted over the weekend she was assisted with the writing. She said everyone needs help when they try something new. <laughs> but that's the thing. They're so charming. The story and the characters of Girl Online are mine. And the thing is, I, most people don't... You know when you buy a celebrity's autobiography, they've not written it. There's very, very few. Stephen Fry will have written his. Paul Merton will have written his. Danny Baker will have written his. Everyone else's is written by a ghostwriter. I was approached about two years ago by a friend of mine who worked for a shopping channel. Yeah. She said there was a new product. It was candles or something. Candles. And they, and they needed a face yeah. for it. Oh, and yeah. it was to make out Candle it face. Was their company. And she asked me whether I'd be interested in going for a conversation with the guy who ran the company. I would love to uh, stick a wick in the top of your head and light it. Watch your face melt. I felt weird about that. Yeah. I felt really weird about that. Years ago, when I I got a stop there, but when I started on TV, I was offered a a, a column. And I said, I don't really really feel I'm up to writing a column. He said, oh, no, don't worry, we'll get someone to write it for you. I was like, "Uh, do you know what? I'm okay, thanks. Should have said yes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise, it's closed between Junction 23 for the A1M and 27 for the M11 after an accident causing long delays from St Albans. And also clockwise on the M25, there's two lanes closed between Junction 21A for St Albans and causing queues to Junction 22 for Kings Langley after a lorry has jackknifed. In St Albans on the A414, that's now closed in both directions between the M1 Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and the Park Street roundabout after another accident. The air ambulance is attending the scene at the moment. And the M1 southbound has a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable Road. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Hey, that was good. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kelly. Excellent work, Just. Thank you, Dave, from... L- 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 no, I can't say it. 
Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, was Lady Jenkin right when she said poor people can't cook? Conservative peer Lady Jenkin has a 